It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Andy Anako's here. Alex Lindsay's here. Jason Snell is here. And there is big news. They're canceling the car. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Is your fine woven case starting to look pretty ratty? <laughs> well, maybe there's some other choices. And Google says, yeah, yeah, we were going to, Microsoft was going to sell Bing to Apple, but uh, but we made a better product. So there, we'll talk about something we think is even better. Mac Break Weekly, coming up next. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, the episode one after 909, episode 910, recorded Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. Patina and scuzz. This episode of Mac Break Weekly brought to you by my little doggy. My little doggy on my watch, DC Labs and their Apple Watch app. It's called Stepdog. Stepdog is a virtual pet that lives on your Apple Watch face and helps you track your steps. Your stepdog moves around with you throughout the day. It's so cute. I'm actually doing it on the modular face. So he's got a little dog bowl. He's showing the weather as well. And I can have my other complications too. I've named my dog Ozzy. He moves around with you. He falls asleep when you hit the step goal that you said he, he rests. The app is free, but for 99 cents a month, you can upgrade like I have and choose from over 30 dog breeds, including Labrador, Husky, German Shepherd, and more. Plus, it has cats for you cat lovers. I should probably have a cat, shouldn't I? <laughs> you can also name your stepdog. This upgrade includes weather forecasts for dog walks, and which is nice to know, and a leaderboard to compete with nearby stepdog users or friends to see who has the most steps, winning gold, silver, or bronze medals. Download Stepdog. It's so cute. It's free from the App Store. Get it today. Thank you, Stepdog. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show where we cover the latest news from Apple. Joining us from OfficeHours.Global and Point South, Mr. Alex Lindsay. Oh, you've got a nice sweater. What is your sweater well, you. made out of? Um, it's made out of cloth, some kind of cloth. I think it might be it might be wool, quite possibly. It was. Uh, I only ask because I'm wearing my seaweed sweater and uh, uh, yeah it's very nice as you can see i have a lot of distinctions about um i, I have a lot cloth. of distinctions about clo yeah, of clothes of different clothes cloth. i wear yes that some are made of cloth and then some are not made of cloth i think some it's are made, made of, of plastic. cloth from a sheep would i think be this my is guess. Sheep cloth. Yeah. <laughs> yes looks like a sheep cloth. cloth yeah i can tell you that it's very comfy that's, <laughs> that's the part this. <laughs> andy anako from wgbh in boston World Hello, champion I'm, San Francisco for, uh, giant hat on, which I like. Yeah, from yeah. 2010. There you go. I, I, I want to point out that I'm wearing uh, a, a shirt that's uh, that's made out of uh, plastic, recycled plastic fibers, which is both, uh, both uh, cruelty-free and also, as we know, one of the most durable, long-lasting, looks fresh and new, no matter how much wear you put into it, <laughs> fibers anywhere. And that's never been disproven. <laughs> and it's recyclable, we hear. Exactly. <clears throat> so you feel, you know, it's a shirt that feels good while it makes you feel good. <laughs> and finally, from sixcolors.com, Jason Snell. Hello, Jason. Hello. Simple cotton tee. Just, it is a cotton tee. It's, yeah. it's a, a nice one, but it's yeah. just made of cotton. 
this a new is renewable resource. One of those Instagram things, middle of the night. I'm very susceptible, mm-hmm. and I'm watching, and they show us how they're once every five years they harvest the seaweed in Iceland, <laughs> and we turn it into these fine sweaters. <laughs> And I thought, well, you know, <laughs> let's give it a shot. And uh, there it is. There, there's, these are all from Sea Cell, which is the seashells, seashells by the seashore, the uh, fabric that they make these out of. They're very nice. It's very nice. I, I, I hate I hate to admit it, but the, the number of times that Instagram has surfaced an ad for something that made me think that is not an impulse buy that is immediately relevant to my problems or interests. But then I'm like, I don't want to give them the satisfaction of clicking on that uh, ad. Though. <laughs> I, I, did, I just stopped. Them. I gave in. I just gave in. <laughs> By the way, uh, the same company that sells seaweed sweaters also sells yak wool. So, <laughs> Andy, I mean, Alex, you may you may want to look at the yak wool. I because, have actually looked at yak wool, and it's actually quite comfy. I mean, I've actually, I actually can distinguish that because there's something I was just looking at. Something like, about yak. Yaks. I looked at it. I was like, I thought, wow, this is very soft. I wonder what this is. This might be cashmere. It was yak wool. Interesting. And, um, and I was like, okay, yeah. interesting. The reason I'm interested in all this stuff is that Lisa is allergic to wool. Really, truly allergic to wool. And uh, I have nothing but wool because <laughs> I grew up yeah, in New exactly. England, and so I'm replacing. I'm trying to replace my wool sweaters <laughs> with something. She says this is scratchy, but not, uh, but hypoallergenic from her point of view. So, it's. I think it's all cashmere. Yeah, just just go. No, she the loves whole. the feel of cashmere, but she same thing. It's it's. Oh, uh, she's it, still allergic to it. Yeah, mm, you can tell right away. Uh, Jason Snell has breaking Leo, news. Leo, I, I this just in. This just in. Yes. I hope you were not planning your financial future around buying an Apple car. What? Because Mark. <laughs> Bloomberg, as we like to call him, Mark German at Bloomberg, short, shortened to Mark Bloomberg. Uh, maybe he's been put in the will. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> has reported that Apple today uh, canceled their car project after spending, you know, more than a billion dollars, several billion oh dollars God. on it. And for more than a decade, they have finally thrown in the towel and said, you know what? We could probably use these resources better <laughs> on places that are relevant to our core products and where we're behind maybe like generative AI. But uh, And they do have a bunch of people working on machine learning stuff because they were trying to build, you know, automated self-driving cars that they then started backing off of. And as German reported, I think a month ago, they really were at a point where they were trying to basically make a break. Uh, is this going to be a product and let's run the numbers and when can we release wow. a product and what what can we make? And it sounds like their analysis was, I got to be honest here, what all of our analysis has been for the last five years, which is that it doesn't really make sense and they shouldn't do it. So they have killed that project. Mark uh, says Apple made the disclosure internally today. It didn't take long for him to get the memo. Just surprising the nearly 2,000 employees working on the project said the people who asked not to be identified because the announcement wasn't public at the time. The decision was shared by Chief Operating Officer Jeff Williams, Kevin Lynch, Vice President in charge of the effort. Uh, they're going to wind it down. As you said, employees may move to the AI division. Uh, there are 2,000 people, several hundred hardware engineers and car designers. I don't know if they'll... I mean, Elon is probably hiring across town. Maybe that's the that's where they'll end up. They often seem to end up uh, over there at uh, Tesla. I'm disappointed. A lot of them end up at the core car, the the traditional automakers too, right. because they yeah. want that they want that, that talent. Yeah. Well, yeah, not, yeah, not only that, but it, Apple for a while. Not only that, but they might be sending that talent back where they started. I mean, one of the yes. one of the one of the few things that got me 
I, thinking that maybe this is they've got something they're committed to was that at the from the beginning all the way to just a few years ago they were hiring people like top executives with amazing careers away from BMW away from uh, away from Mercedes away from like major car makers not Apple people who were gone into cars but hey why don't you leave the stable job at this real at one of the best best motor works known to mankind and come to work for a company that has not even officially committed to making a car and always made me thought that whatever that pitch deck was it must have been something incredible so i wonder what those executives are thinking about right now i mean again either if, if anything their foray into apple probably made them more valuable because they can now I, I'm, I'm sure they signed lots of stuff but you can't make them forget discussions that they were having with apple about like what a platform needs to be so now they can bring all that expertise from the uh, consumer electronics and back into bmw back into gm back into god forbid tesla Oh, actually, they could use it. Maybe so, when you when you really when you do the math on that two thousand, by the way, that's like conservatively three to five hundred million dollars a year. Like, like yeah. think about how much just they've been staff. spending on this. Just the staff, and that's alone. just the staff, yeah. and that's not the you know everything else. So you're probably talking about at least a billion a year that they were spending on on trying to figure this out. And um, yeah. excited. German at the at the end of this piece mentions that the board was also concerned about continuing to spend hundreds of millions of dollars a year on a project that may never see light of day. So, yeah, I mean, we we said, uh, I think here we've talked about this quite a bit. And, and I, I think what's happened is as time has gone on, I have gotten less and less enthusiastic about this idea because it feels like they had a moment, right? There was a moment where the, the car, the major automakers were not really getting it. And Tesla was on the move and it felt like Tesla was doing it right. And nobody else got it. And there was a place for another technology company like Apple to come in and insert itself. But boy, it feels like that time passed like five years ago. And everybody else has sort of gotten on board with more electronics and with uh, moving toward electric. And 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 other companies like Rivian have kind of come up in the meantime, too. And like now you think, what could Apple contribute to the auto industry in 2030? And I, I just I don't it would just be another car. And like, that's the last thing Apple should waste its money on. Yeah. And, and also remember that when uh, even when this story first broke, I think it was the Wall Street Journal that broke it in 2014, something like that. At least that's when we first started talking about it. I think uh, Johnny Ive was in his ultimate ascendancy. He was maybe I, I imagine that his voice was also saying, here is something we, we are a design company that works in electronics and consumer goods. The car is the ultimate design statement, the ultimate consumer good. Here is a place where we can make an amazing statement. Uh, I mean, again, this is the same shop that came up with a 2018 uh, MacBook Pro. So uh, maybe that was another force that was at least uh, causing this to get a good uh, launch to uh, launch to orbit initially. A lot of alarm bells went off when there were those reports about how they were only going to launch it without a steering wheel and with yeah. complete autonomous driving. And it was one of those moments of like, what what are they, you know, what are they smoking inside there? Because it is not, it was never going to be like, it was, that's like a worse delusion than Elon Musk. Elon Musk has these delusions of full self-driving that he right. keeps saying is just around the corner, just around the corner, and it has never come. But at least he builds cars with steering wheels right like he's got at least a little bit of realism well, Google, that this needs to be oh, a real think, product and apple i don't think i think that apple in the early days of the car project was a victim of uh, of some people on the inside thinking big dreams like they could magic it into existence and not being real about what needed to be done to make the product happen and the, i i think that they, that's why they missed their mind 
And I think that when you take away the, the, the steering wheel, you have to, it forces you to solve the last mile. And, and that is just the most brutal last mile. I think that most of us would be really happy if you just solved the highway. Like if you just said, this is always going to work on a highway, I'd, I would be all in. But there's so many vagarities once you get off the highway of all these weird intersections and things and people's driveways and all these other things that it, 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 it becomes very difficult. And so taking, the, taking away all uh, ability to make that adjustment makes a really, really high cliff for, to go over. I think that's yeah. the challenge there. Uh, Don't uh, go uh, over uh, a cliff. Don't do it. It's a bad car experience. I think Tesla has a patent on that technology. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty litigious about that. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah, the, 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 when I was in Rwanda, this is the problem is the maps. Think that there, there's things there. I was in Rwanda just fo- blindly following Google Maps and came up to a cliff. You know, like, and, and, <laughs> and the water had washed away the road in between but, you know, it was and it was at night and I almost went over it, you know, and that was that's a human following that, not a yeah. not a machine doing it in in, uh, in kind of an un, unparalleled experience. And so yeah. I, I do think that we're in uh, we're in like a, a chatbot AI and generative AI where we might have been like in 2013, 2014 with self-driving cars, where it was early enough in the game that nobody, I think, was 100 percent sure how easy or difficult this was. Kind of like how in the 60s, like we had, as, a, as it turned out, NASA had a very linear path to landing, uh, landing people on the moon. But they had when they when they committed in 1959, 1960, they weren't sure. Could we make these engines work? In theory, it could work. We don't know. Can people live and work in space? Can they spend two weeks in microgravity? And as they went out, oh, great. No, it turns out this is easy. It turns out this is solvable. It turns out this is sol- it was very linear. I think that in 2013. Because so much investment and so much talk and research went into this, they were at that stage where we don't know if this is a linear set of problems that we can simply throw enough money and experience at and solve them or whether we are going to at some point hit a brick wall that is insurmountable. And I think that there was a time when everyone realized that, no, level two is a t- level two is a perfection zone. We might make it to level three. But self-driving is a fantasy that requires a breakthrough that is unpredictable and unforeseeable. And I think that AI is in the same level right here as we're seeing with, I mean, Gemini is getting all, is getting all, all the, all the punchlines right now, but it's true of every single like large scale project to create a, uh, create a very functional, useful AI. They're still struggling to figure out how do we make this thing so it's stable and doesn't wind up spitting out 2000 words about how it is a God and you must bow down before it and honor no God before chat GPT. Well, I think that also there's pre-COVID and post-COVID in the sense that uh, when city, you know, a big argument for self-driving is the commute. And when cities are 30%, you know, with a 30% vacancy in downtown, uh, it's not clear that that commute is going to return at the same level again, or if it will remain. Like over time, more and more people, you, you saw this kind of, it jumped obviously during COVID, and then it backed up. People are coming back to the office, but I talked to people who were, if they're being forced to go into the office, their LinkedIn is fresh and moving. Like they're looking for rope. They're looking for remote. They're not quitting, but they're looking for the next, next place that they go. And these are people that love their job. They love the people they work with and they love the company they work for. And they're still looking at moving <laughs> like, like, cause I don't, they don't want to drive. And so I think that the other thing is, is that the next, and the next generation, I mean, my kids are in no rush to get a license. It's hard to get, you know, like the next generation just isn't interested in cars, you know? And so I think that that's the other thing is if you, if you're not going to get this done in 10 years, they're not in the, the industry, the 
market for the cars may be a lot smaller than it was, you know, when you started doing the development. Yeah. It's just a different world too. I mean, not only are, you know, there are issues with electric car sales sort of like slowing down, although I do think in the long run, electric cars, we're in a transition from electric to gas. There are some challenges there involving the marketing of the cars. You need cheaper electric cars and you need used electric cars. There's lots going on and you really need a charging infrastructure that is for everybody, which has not happened yet. But I do think all the major automakers are like, they're on it now. They all have uh, sophisticated computer systems that they're building that let you do late guidance and uh, and if not full self-driving, some level of autonomy. And like it, all of the li- like Silicon Valley secret sauce that was there is 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 everywhere now. It's spread out everywhere. And, it, it, you know, it, it true also that this is a real not invented here moment because Apple could have, I believe at one point, Elon Musk wanted Apple to buy Tesla from him. Um, Rivian was a startup that probably could have gotten sniped. There are some other, like Lucid is a company out there that is very Apple-like, but is an electric car company that they could have probably gotten at some point. Like if they wanted, if they believed in this, they could have bought somebody, but I really think that in the end, they had this dream that they were going to make the car that nobody else could make, and then they hit reality. And so, you know, at that point, you just walk away, I guess. Yeah, it just it just never made sense to me at all. I, I could I could I could if Apple was the kind of company that uh, at CES or at some flashy show would say, hey, we made a concept car like Sony has made concept cars of here is a Sony badge, Sony design, Sony interior, Sony electronics project. And of course, they build it on a chassis that someone else provides. It would have been a very interesting design project. And uh, and but of course, Apple never does that. But when you if if we wished into existence an Apple car that was a functional, practical, wonderful car that hit all the buttons, you'd still wind up with, okay, Apple, but you're going to have to put in, someone's going to have to service these things and someone's going to have to sell these things. And it's not going to be the mall in Lemonsta. It's going to, it's, it's, you're, you're going to have to have a dealership. You're going to have people who know how to sell these things. And again, how much money do you think you can make off of every single copy of this car that you can get a hold of all the real estate you're gonna to have to acquire just to make this happen and it's just something that this, this is well this is why I, I always settle into the phrase i don't understand this decision because as soon as you say oh this is stupid and it's going to be a big mistake and they're going to rescind this that's when oh well it turns out that apple knows something that i don't which is a lot of things but nonetheless when things don't make any sense you hope that apple comes up and say no we figured something out but it turns out that they didn't how soon before uh we see the same memo on Vision Pro. No, fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm, I'm it I'm took serious. them ten it's years be, to do this with the car, right? It'll. They won't really, but they will. They will. This is. A, you mean the product is shipped? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the, but but I, once Apple ships product, I mean, it is Apple's notorious. If you talk to people that are used to work at Apple, yeah, are spending hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars on products that never get out the gate. They just go, eh, you know, and. It just the Titan was so big that they had to do it on the street so people could see it. But there's those buildings in there that are top secret and, you know, all the other things that they're building all kinds of, you know, products. I've never, I've never been in one of those buildings, but I've heard about them. I've heard <laughs> that they exist. And, um, and that they have tons of products in there that are never, you know, that are a big reason that they're super secret is because that stuff may never leave the building, you know, but they go through the full, pro, you know, production process and figure things out and, and everything else. And that's what we, I think we've heard stories about that happening with the vision, you know, the vision pro, but a vision pro is, is uh, I, I, there's at least three or four versions they're going to release before they even think about whether it's successful or not. Yeah. And I got to say uh, as a user, um, 
I think that the only thing that, that worries me about the Vision Pro right now is how much time I spend in it at a time. And I just forget that I'm in there for so long. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I was, I was just in there hanging out. And then I suddenly realized, oh, my gosh, I lost four hours. You know, like, you know, and, and so that's the thing that I'm having, you know, because I watch movies in it all the time now. And, um, and I, I uh, anyway, I just find it to be, it's a, it's a fascinating, I, I'm, I'm more concerned about my health <laughs> of, of keeping it on for so long. But it's a very comfortable experience. And I think, I think that they're on a pretty good path that they're probably going to keep on expanding. So, but they're not going to change course for 10 years. Like there's yeah. no way they're yeah. changing course for 10 years. This is we're, we're, we're 10 years into a 20 year curve and there's no way they're going to stop. In fact, they may be, there was another report. I forget who made it, that they may be working backward to this as well, that there's some talk that they're also experimenting with other wearables that would be more like glasses. And the idea there is not glasses to cover your vision, but glasses to give a perch for cameras so that you could have, if you imagine like a, a, a camera plus AirPod or cameras on the AirPods, but that's tougher because of where where your ears are. And yeah. I, I don't think there are any big human ear upgrades coming, like where, <laughs> where they're going to move to a better location. So they may have to do something else. So they may start working the other way, too, if you can imagine uh, putting a computer interface that can, you know, can see and can hear and can talk to you and maybe even can... Uh, notice your gestures and respond to them. That's not Vision Pro. That's a very different thing without yeah. screens, essentially, but is still like an AR product of a sort. And I think that they're pretty committed to the idea of finding ways to get computing into, you know, these other spatial environments by, you know, whether it's outside in or inside out. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've said it before, but I think that every company is missing a trick by the idea of one Bluetooth earbud that is a really, really good assistant uh, that can simply talk to you, be a fully immersive, excuse me, be, be a fully reactive interface to software to do simple things that you might want to do in the real world with an optional like sort of like tie clip size button uh, a camera so that if you want to give the assistant the added advantage of being able to see your environment and being able to ask, hey, where is where is my lunch date? And so the and so the earpiece can then tell you, oh, well, it's the it's the look for the red building. There's a door to the left. That's number 12. That's the restaurant you're trying to meet at. And when you need privacy, you take it off, take the camera off and put it in your pocket where people can't see it. And I mean, the ironic thing is that I do think that the, the more the more I read about, uh, again, I still don't have a, a Vision Pro, but the more I talk to people who have it, the more I read about experience about it, the more I think that Google Glass had roughly the right idea. Not the right time, not the right technology, certainly not the right understanding of how such a device would be perceived by the general public. But the idea of a very lightweight device with, as you said, it had a camera, it had uh, bone conductive audio, it had a microphone. And in terms of uh, giving you uh, a layer into reality, it was just a tiny, tiny little like three by five card at the at your peripheral vision that would simply put information that you were asking for that might be helpful at that moment. It's I think that once we can get that technology into a pair of eyeglass uh, in, in obtrusive eyeglass frames, that is a product that a lot of people are going to be very, very interested in, especially matched with a really good A.I. OK, yeah, it, you it'll guys be are crazy, also, like, but all right, if you think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of we'll see what happens at NAB, but between. NAB and, and uh, WWC, we expect to also see a lot more support hardware and so on and so forth of shooting stuff for it. 
which is in, interesting because the market is so much smaller than than Meta's, um, and people weren't build, necessarily building a lot of tools for that. But I think that might have been also Meta building its own cameras and stuff like that. But I think that um, we do see a fair bit of excitement related to you know how do we generate content for it. Um, so so it'll be interesting to see. And they, you know they dribble new things out. We got a one of the I don't know Jason, did you see the um, uh, the di- the new dinosaur, the new thing from their you know their dinosaur documentary? There's like a now a five. There was the one where that walks over and looks at you, but now there's like a five minutes of an interaction. Mm. Really good. Fascinating. (laughs) Can't wait. Wow. Apple will never ship another Vision Pro. This is the only one. So enjoy it. As long as you're right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll put my money on it. And registers, <laughs> mark, mark that clip for future use. Yeah, 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 yeah please. Yeah, let's, <laughs> never. Yeah, that will no, never be. That'll be a great ever. button on on the on the supercut of all of your Vision Pro negativity. That'll be a great last shot, and then it'll dissolve to a future where everybody's wearing them on their heads and yeah. they're like shaking oh their heads. If that's the future, I don't want to live there. Yeah, really don't. Oh, that's but an I even better believe- button right there. Actually, yeah. let's put yeah. that in the clip. Put that in the supercut. Well, you could put T-shirt. that in my uh, obituary, you know. And then he died. <laughs> it's going to be in a hologram hovering over your tombstone. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I mean, only uh, if you to, have the headset to, on. To to be fair, Leo, like I I one hundred percent agree that the hype of last year, the product did not match that halfway. This is Apple deliver again we were all speculating so this a lot of this is on us but what apple delivered turned out to be a very simple and obvious device whose only real distinction at this point seems to be that the components they put into their vision of this the version of this thing are way better than the components that existing products already had but they didn't like they didn't fault they didn't solve any problems they didn't figure anything out they just said what can the what can we do that's really really great if money were realistically almost no object whatsoever i mean there, there was i was i was always hoping that the great demos would not be hey look there's a dinosaur in your room or hey look you've got floating virtual screens uh, in front of you I've always hoped that it would have been we figure out a way to make augmented reality, virtual reality more relevant than simply education, uh, training and, inter- and entertainment. And it, I don't think they've demonstrated that yet. Maybe in a couple of years, maybe in three years. I don't I'm not writing it off yet. It could, this is this is an Apple TV trajectory where it's a very simple, boring box that simply gets progressively better and keeps making enough money or being interesting enough to Apple that they keep making it. Uh, it's not it's not going to it's not the next iPhone. It's not the next Apple Watch. I don't think it's the next AirPods either. I think it's the next Apple Hi-Fi. That's what I. I think it's the next. It's the next eighty-inch monitor. I don't don't think Apple's doing any monitors at this point. I think that they are. They're building toward again. When I want to watch with my family, I take it off and I watch a big screen, and we all have fun watching some rerun of something that was made twenty years ago. Um, And uh, but when I'm actually watching movies, I just put this on because I can see. I can. I'm getting to the point where I can tell what kind of film it was shot. Because I see it so much sharper um, in in the Apple TV than I see on my TV, you know, and I think that that's the that's the thing that that I'm getting used to, and it's kind of burning up my. I'm 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 now shopping for a bigger screen for the family <laughs> because the screen I have now is not keeping up with the Apple TV's um, movies. So, Apple has added uh, Quantum Safe Crypto to its uh, iMessage 
even though there is, and there's another thing, by the way, that will never ship is a quantum computer. But okay, now you're safe. <laughs> Y'all, you almost said quipto, and I love it. Quipto. Quipto. The whole check of stiff chips into the center of the table. <laughs> I'm going all in. Uh, well, may, well okay, I think honestly it's more likely. It's going to be great for the editors because they don't need to consult through hundreds of episodes of Mac Break Weekly. They're we'll going to get, get it all this here. one. And right. it's got all of Leo's pronouncements in it. It's great. Perfect. Uh, actually, it was interesting. Signal, uh, the uh, CEO of Signal uh, said uh, this is good for Apple uh, to, because we were already doing it, which I didn't know. Um, there have been the National Institutes for Standards and Technology has been working on crypto uh, technologies that would, in theory, survive quantum decryptors, quantum-based uh, decryption computers. Uh, and they they actually it's not settled yet. Ironically, there are a number of different choices. One has already uh, uh, been picked off. Um, but the idea is that your communications may survive for you know decades. And if a quantum yeah. computer is even if it's thirty years off, you don't want your messages to be decryptable uh, then. So uh, it makes sense they're putting it in. It certainly yeah. makes it what it, I'll tell you what it does. Uh, which is probably even more important is it says it sends a message uh, to world uh, governments, uh, including our own. And we're serious about end to end encryption. Uh, we're putting it in. PQ3 is the uh, cryptography uh, protocol they chose for iMessages. It will launch an iOS and iPad 17.4 and macOS 14.4. Yeah. This is this is a really good move. I mean, yes, it's unnecessary right now, but as you say, I mean, we, there, there, science has progressed to the point where they can take a scroll that burned to a crisp in Pompeii and was buried oh, for a thousand years a and story. get the text off of it. There's, yeah, but I gotta, it, it I gotta guess that, that the people who wrote that scroll at this point don't really care that their secrets have been revealed. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't I know. Mean, this is their legacy. This is their legacy. Who knows? <laughs> well, no, I, I, well, again, there's there number. There's a reason why, like so many, like World War II ciphers are still top secret because we don't we don't want there. Yes, right. we weren't just protecting information from the Nazis. We were also protecting information from general knowledge of here is what we were doing. Here is what we were thinking. Here is what our opinion was about this world leader that in public we were very very chummy chummy with. And here are some people that. That, uh, in the press, we were slagging off, but behind the scenes, we were very, very chummy, chummy with. So these were there were a lot of secrets that never want to want to be revealed. And although the technology for quantum computing for this kind of decryption is still pretty far off, the technology for beating it has been around for I think about five or six years now. So it, what a wonderful statement that Apple is making by saying, "Look, in principle, if we can have stronger encryption for iMessage, we're just going to do it. Uh, it. We don't have to we don't have to see a perceived immediate threat in order to uh, harden." Are harden your messages against uh, against future technologies. Well, and, and, and unless it, unless it, unless it will, I guess they also did the math and figured out that quantum computing will not uh, cause people to switch to Android. So that made it safe to to make uh, iMessage stronger. Well, and and I think that the uh, I think there's also a pressure as uh, some of the a lot of countries, particularly the Five Eyes, are trying to push regulation to limit what you can do. It's much harder for them to take something away from an operating system that already has it than it is for them to say, you can't keep on going down this path. So yeah, this may not be point. useful right now, but it, you could see them making it illegal, you know, in, 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 in uh, the UK that they're talking about that kind of thing right now. 
Um, but they're trying to say, but it's much harder for them. So I think that there's a lot of pressure on the companies that want to do encryption to do it right now, because then publicly they're saying, well, we, we already put it in there, you know, like, and, and then people also have the choice of not upgrading <laughs> if they really yeah. want to keep it. <laughs> and so, um, so that's the, so I think that there's a, a, a one of the reasons to keep, that Apple will probably keep on rushing down here is as long as they're allowed to do it, they're going to keep on um, ratcheting that system up. Yeah, and it's an ongoing threat. Nevada just—I uh, think they filed like an emergency order to to get Facebook to uh, turn off and end an encryption again with this long, stupid screed about oh, the children, the children. Your Facebook is invested in the abuse of children because they won't. Law enforcement can't take a look at their private communications, and it's this is something that is the, the, the weak points are still being sought after, still being exploited. So add more bricks to the wall. Uh, take out your fine woven cases. We're going to uh, we're going <laughs> to we're going to compare in uh, just a bit as we continue Mac Break Weekly with Jason Snell, Andy Anako, Alex Lindsay, and that schmuck who hates Vision Pro. Uh, our sh- <laughs> there's there's actually a, a strong uh, rebellion going on in the Discord. I don't want to hear any more negative about the Vision Pro. All right, I've said my piece. We we can. But where is our Vision Pro segment? We haven't done the normal half hour on Vision Pro. Um, is G- New developer beta came out today. Should we talk about that? The, the, okay. I think that the uh, personas are back, better in, in, in the 1.1. There you go. When we yeah, come back, it. all of you were dis, disheartened by the negativity on Vision Pro. We're going to spend the next half hour talking about the Vision Pro. Stay tuned. We'll talk does, about, that, does that mean we can't talk about the, the glass cracking? Yeah, we can talk about that, but but not okay, too but, negatively. But Say it in a positive, positive way. Yeah. It's a great thing. It makes it's yeah. it's now easy to it's it's like the it's like the old VW Beetle with that split window in the back. <laughs> That's a very, very good design choice. It's <laughs> and they gave you that upgrade for free. You didn't have to bring it in. <laughs> our, positive. Show, our show today brought to you by ZocDoc. Now now I have to say I'm not negative about this because I have used it and it is great. We know you got to compromise sometimes in life. Um, you know, you got to get an apartment that fits your budget, even if it doesn't fit your dreams. Um, you know, you've got the upstairs neighbor who's a drummer and on, on and on. But when it comes to your health, we cannot compromise. We should not compromise. We do not have to compromise. Check out ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C. It's an app, but it's also a website where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, who will listen to you, who will prioritize your health. More and more, I'm hearing complaints from family and friends about their doctors. Well, you don't have to stay there. You can move on. Just get ZocDoc. It's a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Now, I know you're saying, but wait, what about my insurance? You can actually narrow the search down to only doctors who take your insurance. And it's not just doctors. It's, 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 it's dentists. It's chiropractors. It's a variety of different disciplines. You can narrow it down by not just insurance, but location, even availability. If you're in a hurry, no compromises with ZocDoc. You got more options than you know. And every one of these docs has verified reviews from actual real patients. And I think that's great. That's something that's been missing until now. Now you can really see what their actual patients say about them. The typical time to wait to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc, just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. They Some of them even have same-day appointments. I want you to check it out. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MacBreak. Download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MacBreak. ZocDoc.com slash 
MacBreak. We thank him so much for supporting MacBreak Weekly. All right, we're very excited for our big Vision Pro segment. <laughs> it's been, you know, it's funny. It's been getting shorter and shorter as the weeks go by, but uh, we now know there's new dinosaur material. That's good. New developer edition uh, just, just came out. Uh, Andy Anako, okay, Mr. Negativity. Uh, how, how, by the way, as long as we're talking about this, I've seen it on Reddit and stuff, but I don't, it's, it's, do we know how many of these have cracked? More than a few, it seems like. Yeah, it's, it's enough that it's kind of a syndrome and it's not like they're cracking spontaneously or because of the heat of the device when you're, when you're using it for a long time. Um, Apple Insider, I think, was the first people to talk about this as a phenomenon, uh, that, Apparently, a lot of times, uh, if uh, temperature changes will cause an almost perfect vertical line to appear, like in the, ah, in the middle of that uh, of that top level of coating, doesn't seem to affect uh, the the screen. Doesn't uh, seem to uh, affect the uh, operation. Uh, and Gadget said that they've saw the same thing happen on their review unit. Nobody is saying anything about it hasn't been dropped, hasn't been hit, nothing like that. Uh, and so it seems to be some sort of thermal thing hmm. that is very conditional because if it were happening everywhere, it, we would have been, it might, would have been a much bigger story than this. But the fact that like Engadget and, and Engadget has been seeing this means that, okay, this is certainly a thing. There's no question. I'm sure that Apple will replace that without question and charge that that, that I would, oh god I would that, that would be disaster no yeah. no they're not they're not wearing it wrong they're not holding it wrong right it's just it's cracking two weeks two weeks after i mean this is exactly the sort of thing that anytime apple introduces a new product even a new version a new build of the of the of the iphone in the first two weeks engineering back in cupertino is looking for odd problems like this right because you're not they're not going to figure out what all the what, what all the defects of this design are until a hundred thousand people are, are beta testing it, or a million people are beta I, testing it. is this just like a glass cover on top of a screen it's or is it a functional yeah, it's, it, piece it, it's it seems no it's, it seems to be just the the glass that protects like the rest of the the screens inside okay. so okay. it doesn't again the reports that i'm that i've saw on reddit and elsewhere said that it still works fine it's just that there's obviously a very perfect linear crack i mean looking at pictures of it like if you if you if this were for the promo photo, you would think that this is a two-piece design for, right. for the glass. It's just such a perfect, like, bisection. And it probably doesn't affect functionality. How's yours, Jason? Is it holding up pretty well? It's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. And yours too, uh, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. So it's, it's impossible I, to know how widespread I, this is. I mean. And I, I yeah. have to admit, after someone who owns a lot of electronics, I have a tendency to put everything back. You know, like, it's got its own little place i put the cover back on it when i'm using it you know i'm not taking it's not like i'm taking it on the road so it's probably I, if it breaks know, in, they, in my in my position it's probably something really wrong there are fans in it uh, how how hot does it get is there is there a thermal mm, i don't really notice it not i don't know if there. i mean i've been in for a, I, I haven't been in as long as some other people but i've been in there relatively often at three or four hours and yeah not felt any heat. no you can't if you hold your hand right above the front of the like the visor part uh you can feel the the heat coming out of it if it's been working but like literally that's an unnatural movement you wouldn't do yeah. you can't hear the fans it's it's a non-issue yeah. dr do says uh, no cracks here my i keep mine in my backpack in my trunk every day so it may it may be just there's a manufacturing defect in some number of these glass panels. Yeah, I mean it's possible the panel is too tight in a very few number of these panels, and that's 
makes it susceptible to these things. Um, I did I did a little bit more reading while I was listening, and apparently at least a couple of people on Reddit have said that Apple Apple wanted to charge them three hundred dollars <laughs> for under Apple Care coverage, uh, or eight hundred dollars without Apple Care coverage. I don't know if I I don't know if they. I, I would have to see, I'd have to see a lot more statements like that before I would absolutely believe it though. That well, could be the just way, a one-off. The way it goes is that first off, they say the glass cracked and they're like, well, that's a repair. And then eventually Apple realizes, oh no, there's a whole set of yeah, these that are cracking. Of and then yeah. they change what the rules are. And that's all part of the process of right. a new product. It's just, not, this is, I mean, it's amazing. It took like three weeks for the first gate <laughs> to appear. And to, to date, no one has put it in a blender, which is amazing. Although uh, Jerry Riggs, everything did take a knife to it, <laughs> as one does. Uh, Bill of Materials from uh, Omdia, which is a research firm, says, they say, now these are wild guesses, but they say it costs Apple, just for the materials alone, $1,542, which uh, is a lot. Even for a device, it costs thirty five hundred bucks at retail, well, and, and it also assumes that they used every. T- they didn't throw any of them back, right? You know, so in a, in something at this precision, they may be losing twenty to forty percent of them. Yeah. Like just to kind of put in, in into reality, when they did the first trackpad on the iPad on the on the Mac Pro that was not a physical trackpad, they were losing forty percent of them. Wow, you know, like so so it's mm-hmm. so it, it you know so when you calculate that in. That's assuming it's full usage. It's, it's probably they're probably not making very much money on this headset. You know, when you put in the labor and you put in the loss and you put in all the other bits and pieces around it, it's probably not as much margin as some of the other products that they make. Yeah, OMDS says that Apple pays two hundred twenty-eight dollars for the micro OLED displays it uses, uh, and each one needs two. They buy those from Sony, which had no comment for CNBC. That's where I'm getting the story, Andy. Yeah. Oh no. Just that uh, kind of echoing what Alex said. There are a lot of costs that aren't in the the bill the bill of materials, uh, and that includes marketing. That includes uh, really uh, the the fees have to pay for testing. It's it's a it's it's a good chunk of change. Uh, so no, they're not making like two thousand dollars worth of profit on every. No, one of these. in I fact, they're that, probably I not making any profit. I would bet. Right. Yeah. I exactly. Love, I, mean, I love to, when they make. Apple's, oh, Apple's um, just, I'm sorry, it's quickly, yeah, Apple's yeah. typical profit margin is, is between 35 and 40%. So and I, and I, I'm guessing that it is much lower than that on this product. Because again, they're not, when they're, when they're only, a company like Apple, when they're only making a few hundred thousand copies of something, there is no, they, they've basically lost a lot of the advantage they have by buying components and, and manufacturing in bulk. So again, this is, a, this is something that, this is the launch edition. Hopefully they'll have, they'll be able to sell a million in a couple of years. I love how companies uh, make these wild guesses about how much something costs and then make them precise down to the dollar. Yeah. You're like, well, sure. You know, like there's a, there's a thing, there's this, there's this lesson in precision and accuracy that someone didn't teach them. <laughs> well, uh, to, to be, to be fair, it is, it is a guess for certain definitions of the word guess. Obviously they're not getting information straight from Apple. However, this is a specialized industry where there are analysts who want this information. There are competitors who want this information. And just like picking horses, if you are really, really great at picking horses, you're still, you're still guessing. However, the sources of your guessing are very, very fine pointed. And a lot of people are, are willing to put a lot of value in that. So it's 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 I'm thinking of the line from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where it says, whereas whereas the Hitchhiker's Guide is often incorrect, it is at least definitively incorrect. You know, yeah, so. I think the problem with a lot of the Bill of Materials articles and it's not just this, it's all of them is they are they people who know know, but they also imply to a lot of people who don't know that, uh, oh, 
Apple makes this thing for X and it actually costs Y and they just walk away with that in profit. And of course, it it doesn't talk about creating the factory, creating the machines that assemble it, uh, doing all the R&D, uh, designing the chips that are in it, their custom chips that are in it, and they don't cost what the chips may, may cost to make processing. them, right? Yep. And then all of the software that's going on behind the scenes, all, none of that is in there. Uh, and so it can lead to a misleading view about it. Now, the truth is that over time, all that stuff, you know, assuming you sell a lot of these, it amortizes out. Like the building of the factory, uh, yeah, it costs a lot of money up front, but then then for every one, it just eases the pain a little bit. But like, that's my big problem with it is that you get this sort of like sure. simplistic view that, you know, Apple uh, makes something for $200 and sells it for $400. And as a result, they're walking away with $200 profit on every one, which is never the case, right? It's way more complicated than that. In fact, that's kind of what Tim Cook said in February on the analyst call. Somebody asked him uh, how much... Uh, it cost to make. He said, there's 5,000 patents in the product. It's built on many innovations that Apple has spent multiple years on from silicon to displays and significant AI and machine learning. All the hand tracking, the room mapping, all of this stuff is driven by AI. And so we're incredibly excited about it. But yeah, it's expensive. And uh, they've been doing this for a long time. They've spent billions. It'll be a while before they uh, make that money back. I remember the uh, Microsoft saying we've not, we've still not made money back on the Xbox after years and years. And the Xbox is a considerably simpler product than the uh, Vision Pro. All right, to show us your fine woven cases, <laughs> I uh, I have actually abandoned my my case, but I still have the wallet that gloms onto it, and it's looking pretty ratty. Uh, not as bad as uh, Joanna Stern says. Hers really looked awful. Um, her tech newsletter says, there it is, everyone. My iPhone 15 Pro Max's fine woven case. After five months of use, the edges are peeling. The fabric is scratched up like an old CD, and it's browning like a rotten banana. <laughs> I've been waiting for the CDC to show up at my house and declare it a biomedical concern. It doesn't wear Joanna's well, but we knew. So I know much. she's good. <laughs> we knew that it wasn't going to wear well because people scratched them in the stores, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it hasn't worn that well. With a display unit, a Apple, yeah. who's so persnickety about the best presentation, when you can walk into Apple, any Apple store and saw a really horrible-looking display unit. This is, oh I mean, the discoloring along I mean, the edges of the wallet. Uh, there are plenty of scratches. It does. It's not as bad as Joanna's describing, but it's. It's not pretty. I did replace it with a with a leather case, which is going to have the same kind of wear and tear, but but at least it's leather, right? You ex kind of expect that. Um, yeah, and it ages and in a, a kind of, of a more appealing way than plastic threading does. Yeah. A, a lot of people were making that point. This has really taken, really exploded on social media because as soon as this came out, and as soon as uh, Gruber asked for like, "Hey, show us, show us your, show us your your cases," like everybody who's had who's been burned by this case had to show exactly how horrible these things look. And 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 a good argument was that this is this is why making an environmentally positive product is tricky because yeah, we don't like to see. A lot of people are very, very opposed to uh, harvesting of animals for, for leather. However, a leather product is really, really durable and can last for the life of the phone. If you've got a really nice, environmentally friendly, recycled plastic interwoven thing that looks so crummy that you're going to be landfilling it once a year, you have to pick your poison. Yeah. 
Yeah. The um, so my wife has a fine woven case. I I I said, look at this and decide if you really want to do this. She's like, it's it looks fine. Well, I'll put it on. And what I I've been struck by is yeah, there's a there's a MagSafe circle around the Apple logo now that is that is sort of like gotten embedded in it from being on a MagSafe charger. So that's bad. The fine woven material itself is okay. It's not in great shape. It's certainly not like a leather case that would be uh sort of like look look almost nicer being a little more rugged what struck me about it is the plastic ring the plastic bumper around yeah. is is battered it is it is yeah. smashed it's got chunks out of it it's got it's got marks on it and like her leather case which she used prior to this like it never looked that bad around the outside. And that was one of those things where I thought, oh, this is this is one of the concessions they've made is they've got this fine woven material, but they've also got kind of a more aggressive sort of just plastic edge to it. And the plastic edge, uh, maybe it's taking some beating, but it's like it doesn't look good. It looks real bad at this yeah, point. After I mean, just just whatever it is, great things, six months. The great thing about weather, this, this wallet is like 17, yeah. at least 17 years old. You want it to look old, like that. Just, it's like dad's it just wallet. just keeps looking better, yeah. better and better every single year. I don't ever intend to, like, I, I don't expect to ever throw away this wallet until we, until I never have any more money, which either technology or my livelihood is going to ensure. Gruber uh, put a poll on Mastodon. Uh, a third of the people says, say it, uh, they're uh, fine woven, held up well. Twenty-eight percent said okay. Forty percent said a piece of junk, and then there are a lot of a lot of uh, images. Uh, it is sixty dollars, uh, and Apple did it in lieu of a leather case. Yeah. There's yeah. a uh, four four year old or That's four leather, years of though. use Apple leather case, yeah. and it still looks good. It feels still good, tattered. and yeah, it's got a couple of marks in the corners, yeah. but even those marks look better than the marks equivalent <laughs> marks in fine woven after five months yeah that's patina there's a difference between patina and patina. scuzz this is patina yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I mean i feel like apple i mean i don't know i, I love that they did something that's more envi- environmentally sound or at least seems like it but it didn't work it just this, it didn't work this is and, patina and, and, this yeah. is scuzz don't yeah. confuse them. Patina, scuzz. New, <laughs> this fall on ABC, they tur- they run the streets their way. They don't no, care. It's, it's highlights for children, Andy. It's like, you know, Patina says, hello, madam and sir. And scuzz says, yo, what up, dogs? Yeah. Don't be like scuzz. Don't be a Patina. Be like Patina. I mean, don't be a pa- Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I do have to say, though, like, uh, they're, they're, you, can get your, you can get your cases from just about anywhere. And so I'm glad to see Apple at least taking a risk with this. Uh, they 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 did something that I'm not going to use the word courage. I am not going to use the word courage. But if there, but there's a company if there's a company that can afford to say here is something that's never been done before. We have faith in it. We are going to put it out there, knowing that if this is an abject failure, it will not take down our entire company. <laughs> Unlike like a, a company like Incase of a company who just does nothing but uh, but cases, it is known that oh, all of your 2024 sixty dollar cases are terrible. That could that could be a blight. That could be bad. Yes. Uh, all right. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. According to Apple, your iPhone 15 battery is better than we thought. <laughs> so you don't see that very right. often. <laughs> yeah, so they were there, you know, especially if you don't have any meta apps on it. It's, it lasts forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Apple know, did not I, say I, that, by the way. I want to point out. I, I, that's I that's Alex Lindsay. That. That. I don't say that facetiously. Right. Like it, it is right. a, it is a night and day difference. And I'm not worried about the privacy or anything else. And I don't have anything about Meta really. I, I just the battery life is just way higher. So when I jump on Facebook or something like that, I do it on my desktop because 
I like my phone to be able to last for two days after I, sh- which is about what I get it, what about what it lasts for me. So I can easily forget to, sh- to uh, uh, charge my, my 15 and be at like six or seven. I was like, oh, it's at 20%, but that's after two days since the last time I plugged it in. Um, and so I, I think that it's a, it does last a long time, but typically I, I charge it every day. So I don't have a lot of um, those, but you know, usually every evening I'm, I charge it up and I'm done, you know? And so uh, it, it has, which is a big difference between a lot of the older phones. I mean, they've gotten better over the last, I think the 14th and 15, the 14 and 15 specifically felt like they have a lot of, a lot more battery life than I, than the previous ones. Um, well, definitely now, but, but even, even at their, at their heyday, I think that, that the, uh, the si- and also the size of the phone helps. So if we're talking about a max, there's a lot more battery there. Mm-hmm. So it, it does, it definitely lasts longer. Um, the improvement is due to Apple making continued updates to battery components and power management systems over the years. Apple says this change in battery cycle lifespan, which by the way, Apple originally said it would retain 80% of its capacity at 500 charges. Now they're saying, oh, that's more like a thousand charges. Apple says this change in battery cycle lifespan only applies to the 15, 15 plus, 15 Pro, 15 Pro Max. So upgrade today. Previous iPhone models continue to be rated at retaining up to 80% capacity at 500 cycles. However, the company says it is currently investigating older models as well. That's bizarre. Do you think it's a hardware thing or a software thing or why would it only apply to the newest models? Did they do something? Yeah, Apple needs There's to come in the, stay some, say change, what they did. Did they change some hardware? They said battery software. The battery, the components are changing. So, you know, so the, the that's why it's 15 battery. Only. Yeah. Except then they're investigating what they can do for the older phones. Well, you have to say that. I'm trying to help you. But the newest one is the best one. <laughs> Well, it says that the improvement is due to Apple making continued updates to battery components and power management systems over the years. So it could be there's it's both hardware and software, I guess. Right. Um, Anyway. I don't know. This this reminds me a little bit of when Apple had problems with the the antenna gate and they just changed the uh, (laughs) indicator on the screen. (laughs) You know, it's actually better than it looks or it sounds. Uh, so you got good news and you got bad news. You got you got you got ripped off on the fine woven case, but your battery life is twice as good. So there. Yeah. Google says Microsoft tried to sell it, uh, Bing, to Apple. I don't know how Google knows this, but Google says yeah. they know this. No. Yeah. They offered this to sell a- Bing to Apple right. in 2018, but search quality issues got in the way. This came out uh, in uh, a court filing earlier this month from Google's antitrust case unsealed uh, on Friday. Yeah, I yeah. thought we already, there had already been a report that I said thought so this. Too. I guess this Didn't, is the verification yeah, this was, of that. Yeah. Okay. It, it came, this is uh, what, what happened on three days ago, the 24th, 600 pages of unredacted uh, filings came in. So we know a lot more details about it. Okay. Uh, for, for instance, Apple's like, I'm, God, I actually, it was such it was such a good quote. I actually pulled it up, but I can't find it now. Uh, there, so uh, uh, essentially, Apple's head of current head, head of AI uh, was uh, in charge of taking a look at Bing, like in 2018 when this was a serious consideration, and he just found this so terrible. He one of the thing one of the things that's an actual testimony that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so apparently one of the things that kind of disillusioned him was when he did a search on, uh, he did a Bing search and a Google search on who, what was Annie Lennox's first band and Google search got it like, got it right away uh, and also provided uh, all of his responses were like links to actual other websites. Bing said that his, her first band was the Eurythmics. That's wrong. And he also found that at least consistently while he was doing all this testing that whereas Google tried to send people out into the internet after because they, they realizing that you were searching for something on the internet, not trying to become a, a better customer of Google, Microsoft was constantly trying to keep users inside a Microsoft ecosystem when it was finding answers and sending it to places like shopping, like uh, like product information, stuff like that. We do have some quotes so, yeah. from the filing. Eddie Q said, Microsoft search quality, their investment in search, everything was not significant at all. And so everything was lower. So the search quality itself wasn't as good. They weren't investing at any level comparable to Google or what Microsoft could invest in. And their advertising organization and how they monetize was not very good either. Now, should point out, Apple might have some vested interest in that because uh, there is, you know, some question. This is what why this comes up in the Google antitrust case in, as to why Apple continues to pay Google. I'm sorry, Google continues to pay Apple all that money uh, to use their search engine. Uh, in fact, uh, Satya Nadella uh, testified in October that he's the CEO of Microsoft, he has focused every year of my tenure as CEO to see if Apple would be open to doing the same for Bing. Uh, Q testified if Apple, now this is interesting, if Apple did not, maybe Q shouldn't have said this or else it's a misquote in CNBC, said that if Apple did not receive the massive payments it saw from Google, Apple would have developed its own search engine. But fortunately, yeah. we did not have to, <laughs> and we got paid billions not to. Yeah. Uh, wow. Actually, this got, is I, the Justice Department I, saying this in the filing. So this is the Justice Department's yeah. quote of Eddie Q saying that. It's a good document. It's John, uh, John Gianandrea, who we talked about because he was in the head of, uh, of AI for the uh, uh, for the car project. Uh, so. Uh, this sums up Bing's problems, trying to be a portal, not leaking out to the web when it thinks it has a vertical experience, video, recipes, etc. And just further behind the curve on freshness and spam quality. It's what you would expect from a much smaller investment with a different differentiate in verticals. Thesis. I think and when it comes to freshness like and spam, it's important, at least to me, that the spam be as fresh as possible. You I don't want to eat not, old meat. That's not a selling point, though. No, I guess not. <laughs> okay. Uh Actually, you know, I've been using Arc. Uh, have you guys tried Arc on the iPhone? It strikes me that Google and Bing are both kind of in a perilous situation with the advent of AI. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the idea that instead of uh, searching, especially on a mobile device where you don't have a lot of screen, instead of searching for individual websites that I can read, I just want an answer. And so Arc Search has a button that says Browse for Me, and it generates a page based on... Usually it's half a dozen other websites that it's then synopsized and gives you the answer. So you don't have to do the surfing. It does the surfing for you. I think now that's problematic for the page, the content creators, but uh, think, yeah, it's what exactly. the user wants. 
Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Google's whole thesis for years and years and years to lots of complaints is that we drive traffic to sites. We are not stealing. Uh, we're not stealing content from other people to, to boost our own profits. So they, the News Corp and other news organizations have been trying to get uh, Google to have to license uh, content for uh, for for search just based on the fact that it's finding things in search results. And I think that Google is playing very very fair with this. Um, as a user, I do mostly like that feature as a content creator i don't like the idea yeah. that someone might ask a question and my and something that i spent hours maybe days or weeks researching and then communicating correctly is just a, a data element that'll be thrust into an auto-generated ai blurb of text i mean they have they have it's they have a, a, a really nice feature where you can be on a web page and then you do a pinch gesture and it will summarize what I you're like looking, that uh, too. Yeah. Page, which is really nice but again when i read this i'm like is there a robots.txt line i can put in there to say don't do this because once again I might, I mean, I might, this well, might be ego and arrogance, but I don't, again, if I spent, I spent a long time turning like 1600 words into 820 words that were, that were presented uh, a point of view and a, and, and a story that I really, really worked hard on to say that, oh, well, that's not important. Just uh, January 12th, $1,800, 16 gigabytes of, of Miriam. Like, well, it you. isn't I'm for, for a certain to... type of searcher. That's what they're looking for. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you're not going to go. Say, tell me what Charles Dickens' uh, Tale of Two Cities is all about and then say, good, I don't have to read the novel unless you're a student writing a paper. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I might read your prose because I like your prose, Andy. But if I'm just looking for what's the price or is it good, um, that's that's what I'm looking for. And it's given me what I'm looking for. Jason? Right. right. And that person, yeah, I mean, I, as a content creator on the Internet, I have the same feelings that Andy does. But I, I, I also admit that, you know, we can trick ourselves into thinking that that person is a lost reader, but a lot of those people are not going to read. They're just looking for utility. They're just looking for an answer. And what I w would prefer is a presentation. And it doesn't matter who it comes from that basically says, I got this information from this source, which has obviously a lot more than the five word answer right. I gave you. If you want to know more. So it, we, you ends up, you, your content ends up being the why not the answer, but the why is that the answer? Or what's the story behind that? Like I can look up Annie Lennox's first band and find out it's not Eurythmics and think to myself, I had no idea she had, it was in a band before Eurythmics. What's that story about? And so having a prominent link that says, I got it from this source or these sources, and you can read a lot more. I want that because I may just want a quick answer. I may want to delve in deeper and, and like, I'm okay with people who don't want to actually read me writing 5,000 words about the vision pro when actually what they wanted was an answer to a trivia question about some aspect of the vision pro when it shipped, you know, last month. And that's okay. But, but you've got to cite your sources. And I, I agree Leo with you that this is a moment of real danger for Google. We've all talked about and seen how bad the internet is getting in terms of search engine optimized AI built content that is just garbage and echoes other garbage that echoes original sources. Google should be, you know, I don't, when I, when I do a Google search, I want an answer, not a chatbot. I want an answer and I want Google to be able to detect, oh, there are eight news sources, news sources that have taken a quote from an original source and uh, turned it into this, like, uh, you know, a, a 2000 word rewritten thing based on the original source. I want Google's AI to be able to read them all and say, oh, they're all citing this original source. What you right. want is the original source. That's so what Google needs to be doing. Arc, and, and right now they're failing at it. ARC offers both. So I just did a normal kind of Google style search 
blah, blah, blah. But I can also do a browse for me on what was Annie Lennox's first band. It goes through uh, a bunch of sources and it lists them. Wikipedia, Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica, and so forth. It's building a page with answers and It's got info. images. It's got, <laughs> it's got the answer right, the tourists, which I didn't know the answer to. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's got a lot of, uh, I think, kind of great stuff. Now, admittedly, this was created by a machine from real humans writing. So for that reason, it's probably pretty bad. It does give you all the... Actually, more links than it used to generate the page at the bottom. Yeah, I just feel I mean, like this is what people want, and this is what they're going to get. And yeah, use your robots.txt, well, but you and, do that at your peril. The same and I as think, the French news people who said, well, Google, you may not use our snippets. Do not refer to us. Uh, and that didn't work out so well. Or was, it was Spain. It did not work out so well. Well, and I think that I think that if if it gives me the answer, as someone who's doing research, if it gives me the quick answer and then says, "Here are some other reading suggestions yeah, for reading later. that are next to it," yeah. you know, a lot of times I'm digging into those. Like if I start research, like here's some here's some highlights, and I think that the big thing that has me not read uh, folks' um, posts is often because they're burying they're they're burying a lot of stuff into the text, and so for me, I, like I want to read the thing. Most of Google, the stuff at the top. Google's known that for years. That's why they do the knowledge graph and then next to right. it do the yeah. search results. They know that I mean, you want the answer. You want the answer. But then a lot of times I'm like, okay, well, how do they, you know, and like for me, blog posts that are not structured well. So they have to have headlines. If they're going to have a list, put a list. If they tell me there's a list at the top, I got to see a list. You know, I, I, I literally scanned for the list and then I just go, okay, it's not here. And then I go somewhere else. And, or they just have to put big headers on things so that I know where in the sections that I'm looking for. And I think that, you know, I think some writers get really good at doing that. Other writers like to just bury a bunch of prose in there without a lot of headers. And for me, it's just yeah, like... Have you read you know, any I, recipe I, articles lately on uh, these <laughs> recipes? No, I don't. No, the funny thing is... It's 18 paragraphs of the history. By the way, that's because that's in response to Google. That's in response yeah, to that's knowledge SEO. graph. That's SEO right. doing that. Yeah. And so but I'm like, not but, sure... By the way, I've replaced... I don't even have Safari on my homepage. On my doc, I've got ARC. Uh, you know, I thought at first, well, that's silly. Why are they making it? Why aren't they making a browser browser? But now I understand, and I think they're actually very smart because you can't do an alternative browser really, right? On uh, so, on iOS, yeah. but you could as, do this. As a content creator, I'm going to say something that you might not expect me to say, which is not all content creators on the internet right now should exist. In fact, I would say most of them should not exist. Most of them, you mentioned the recipe websites. I wish they Some go of those sites away, are good. Yes. Most of them are garbage. And the reason they exist right. is because they have ginned up these things with ads on them in order to get search engine traffic to come to their site in order to make some incremental money on ads. And that is not, you know, most of those sites, oh, those aren't really people who care about the subject matter. They are chasing dollars at the edges of Google's algorithm because it's a place where they can make some bucks. Well, and, That's what and it I is. And that is why the web is broken. And so I, I am very sympathetic to worrying about AI eating the lunches of, of content creators. But some of the content creators out there, I would say maybe lots of the content creators on the internet right now, are not interested in making content. They are interested in exploiting failures of Google. And, well, and they and, should go. And I think the unfortunate thing is, for some of those, we'll just 
talk about recipe sites a little bit. Yeah. Is that I think that they started by loving what they did, but they had to figure out a way to make money. And then they started adding and they were told like, the, oh, just put ads in everything. Recipe sites, yeah. And so they slowly just just junkified their their entire thing to make to make a to make a, to make money, just to make it work, you know. Yep. And you see this everywhere. And and so um, but but I will say that I've realized, and I didn't realize this until I mentioned it on the show, like I hadn't really thought about my behavior. And I realized I barely use the web on my phone, like ever. Like I just don't use it very often. I use it for a couple little things and then I jump back into apps. And the reason for it is all these ads. These ads are so much harder to ignore or to go past on a phone than they are on the on the desktop. I mean, and I mean, I'm not, I don't have any blockers. I just scroll through them quickly, quickly. but on the, on the phone, they're so slow and they're so like painful to go through. I realized I just had stopped. I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me, but I've kind of stopped using the the browser very much, you know, online except for searching for like Wikipedia or searching for something that is pretty well known to me that isn't going to have a lot of junk on it. But yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's a, I mean, it's it's a multi dimensional question, um, and uh, what users want and the experience that they want is not always an important driving force. Um, I'm not equating what we're talking about here to piracy, but everybody would love to be able to simply uh, Google the Barbie movie and then be able to stream the Barbie movie immediately without paying for it. They can't have that. And if there is a site that decided to provide that for you, they would get sued and the courts would tell them to stop doing that. So with, this is one of the things that we're going to have to navigate as a society. Like I did again, I did. I, I, I joined the group and uh, what was Annie Lennox's first band using the search generative experience uh, on Google. And I think that there, I do like the way that Google's approach to it. I agree that if someone just wanted the answer to a trivia question, they are not going to spend eight hours, no matter how fascinating my biography of Annie Lennox is. Uh, they just, if, if, if that's if but uh, so for that people, you get Annie Lennox's first band was The Catch, which she formed in 1977 with Dave Stewart, blah, 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 blah. The band's name was later changed to The Tourists. But underneath that is here's a Britannica article, here's a Wikipedia article, uh, here is, uh, and you click on things, it will take you to that article with that information already highlighted for you. But that, did it tell you that the tourist's original name was Dragon's Playground? I don't know. <laughs> this is the, I can, by the way, what else is cool is I can send you, and I just did, Andy, I texted you, yeah. the search 19, results, which I think is, uh, yeah. this is from Arc, and I think it's very, 19, very interesting. In 1976, Lennox was a flute player with a band called Dragon's Playground, leaving before they appeared on ITV's <laughs> talent show, New Faces. Yeah, I mean, this is, the, the thing is, like, this, this really shows, like, how difficult it is to slay that particular dragon known as Google search, that there are a lot of systems that can punch in a question, punch in a question about the solar system. It will tell you like the, what the, what the weight, what the, what the length of a day on planet Mars is. There are not a whole lot that will, that does a subtle search of figuring out what it is you actually want, but also, also trying to figure out what sources are considered to be authoritative in this field. Also, even within those sources, is this a valuably, valuable, written piece or is this a brownie recipe that starts with 800 words about every time I look at a bag of chocolate chips I think about my gap year in Provence it's no uh, so it's I, I think that it's they're every all these industries are gonna have to figure out how to do this without being just simply a plagiarism machine not without yeah. being a, a piracy machine well and really the creator that's most that Google's done it the yeah. creator that's most damaged by uh, Google's approach is Wikipedia because it's almost always as it is in this case from Wikipedia 
Right. Um, I think, I think, but I think Google gives them, has, has subscribed to their commercial service. They, they, oh, good. So they give them some yeah, money. I think they, good. They're, they're not, they're not just scraping. And also, also, I think we're going to see a lot more things like, uh, like what Reddit did, which is to say that, look, we're, we're, we have a, a database of user provided answers to questions. And if you want to, you, you could, we want you be able to use it, but you're going to have to pay it to license that information. There's, again, a lot of these things are in motion and we don't know where the ball is going to finally land. Uh, but I do think it's not I, I do think that Arc's solution is a little on the cowboy side and I don't think it's going to stick. And, and it's it's, it's, it's going to be a point where it gets too successful and then they're going to get chokeholded into, <laughs> into into making some changes, and, I think. And my primary way of getting to Wikipedia is I search for something in Google. It shows up at the top. Yeah, that I always click like that one link. of the first things search, yeah. and then I click on Wikipedia. But right. that's how I get. I find that that to be a lot cleaner than going to Wikipedia and doing the search. Yeah, Wikipedia. I do it in Wikipedia, and it gives me like a thousand versions of my search on 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 Google. It generally gives me the one that I was looking for. I'm very happy with Arc. Yeah, that's all I can say. And you're right. I understand. <laughs> I'm also happy with my leather case, and many cows have died for it. And you know, life is tough. Uh, if you're a cow or a creator. Sorry, I need the milk. I don't know what that. I don't know what that, any of that means. <laughs> um, uh, all right, let's take a little break here. I do need. Daddy needs some advertisements. That's what Daddy needs. But we'll continue. Mm, milk. Let's, let's milk the cow. <laughs> I gotta go milk the cow, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, but we will have more in just a little bit with Andy Anako, GBH. When are you gonna be on GBH next? Uh, actually, this week, Thursday at 1230, nice. WGPHnews.org. Great. Uh, Alex Lindsay, who is at officehours.global, always covering fascinating material. I'm giving you your plug in the middle of the show, guys, just in case people <laughs> don't make it to the end we, of this Vision have, Pro have, less uh, show. Yeah. We have our, our uh, uh, we have Renee Ritchie on the Gray, Gray <gasps> Matter. show this this Friday. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty excited. And uh, you can actually go to askgraymatter.show and put a question in. And if you listen to it next week, we might use it. So we're, we're, um, we, you can collect them there. So if you go to uh, yeah, ask, ask uh, graymatter.show with the E. I know um, there are lots can, of people who want to know more about Renee Ritchie. Yeah, uh, he's, he, it's, it's fun to talk to Renee about YouTube now. <laughs> it's always been fun, but <laughs> yeah. it's really fun now. Yeah, he's, he's an expert he's, now. He's, he's their creative. very articulate and uh, very good at telling you yeah. what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, graymatter.show and is, you said it's askgraymatter.show all yep. one word all one word so no ask dot it's ask gray matter nope. got it it's just ask there you go renee ritchie there you go. creator liaison youtube you got till march 1st to ask your questions thank you and of course sixcolors.com is where jason snell makes his home resting in between the yes, multicolored sir. graphs that's right. Uh, what are the big so colors? What are the big stories coming up at Six Colors? I don't know, man. It's quiet now. I'm trying to take a little nap, get a little rest after Vision <laughs> Pro and the Apple Report card. Uh, been busy. This is it's tough uh, time so for you. Uh, you know, I'm going to curl up a little bit and just uh, kind of re re-energize myself. If you go to sixcolors.com, says Jason, you can see what he means by re-energize. Only 40 podcasts this week. You know, it won't be too you know. <laughs> won't be too crazy. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think I'm only recording. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five podcasts this week. It's a light week. Oh, light week. Oh, punta. Yeah, you're a punta. Like I said, curled up, resting, recharging. <laughs> Good. You you deserve that. Uh, our show today brought to you by those fabulous fellas, but also our sponsor, Wix Studio. All right, 
We love debates here at MacBreak Weekly, right? We got a debate uh, about Wix Studio. Who gets more out of Wix Studio, designers or devs? Well, uh, first of all, I should probably explain. If you don't know about Wix Studio, it's the web platform offering the flexibility agencies and enterprises need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Let's get back to the debate. For designers, you can create these fully responsive websites starting with a blank canvas or choose a template for any layout, tweak per pixel with your CSS, and if no code's your thing, you're going to love, or you just like to move fast, you're going to love the ton of smart features like native no-code animation and responsive AI that adjusts every breakpoint, for instance. For devs, Wix Studio offers a powerful suite of homegrown web APIs and REST APIs. I know you love those APIs, don't you? Quickly integrate, extend, and write custom scripts in a VS Code-based IDE. And, of course, you get an AI code assistant, too, that knows all about Wix Studio. Plus, it's all wrapped in rock-solid, auto-maintained infrastructure. AI that writes your code or fixes your breakpoints. Fully responsive editor or a zero setup dev environment. No code animations or no code animations. Designers or developers, search Wix Studio and find out for yourself. W-I-X, go to Wix.com slash studio. Click on the link at the show page. You'll find out more. Thank you, Wix. We love you guys. We love you, man. Uh, Let's see. I, you know, you guys have put in a lot of links here. Let me see. Oh, Jason, you were talking about Apple Sports. Now, I am using an app yes. that you recommended some time ago that I'm quite a fan of. Um, let me look at my news because I can't. The name is generic. Sports Alerts. Sports Alerts, right. And I really like the it. early ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure Apple's is prettier. Sports Alerts is not exactly a, a, an aesthetic masterpiece. Yeah, and Apple... I mean, Apple has the advantage that it's free and there are no ads and they don't care, right? Like they 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 are doing something different with it, and that's a an advantage that they have. But there's no F one in that one. There is F one in this. There isn't. Alerts. There isn't. They, yeah. It's really limited. A limited data source. So yeah, I, a couple weeks ago, I got to go talk to Eddie Q, which I had never done before. What? That was pretty fun. Yeah, you lucky. He was fella. fresh, fresh from the Super Bowl, no less. <laughs> he had some opinions that I'm not going to share about the Super Bowl uh, coaching decisions, <laughs> but you could guess what they were anyway, but he's a sports fan and it was, uh, this is clearly his baby because, you know, not everybody in the tech industry understands the sports, but Eddie does. And he said that he literally was standing courtside at Warriors games, comparing the beta of the sports of the sports app to the scoreboard and getting on his team for it, the data source being too far behind because he really wants it to be a, a fast experience and as close to real time with the scores as possible. So they launched it. It's free. Um, it's got, uh, you know, NBA, NHL, uh, NCAA basketball, men's and women's. It's got premier league and a bunch of other top level European leagues, as well as MLS. It launched the day of the MLS season kicking off because of course, Apple, um, and so it's an interesting product. It's a, it's a, I would say a starting point. It's very clearly a passion project for Eddie, but I think it also maybe is a stake in the ground. I mean, it's not called scores, right? It's called <laughs> right. sports. I think we can see that it's going Partly to be more scores than it is, is actually right now. Howard Stern's favorite strip club. So that probably well, meant this is also true. <laughs> but Apple scores, a, they could have called it Apple scores. They did not. They called it Apple sports. Right. And I think that there'll be a lot more. But it uh, is scores. It, it's all scores it is interesting all the time. Because the data source is not new. new. The data source is actually has been there. You've been able to add 
uh, live activities of many sporting events uh. in the TV app for a long time, but nobody knows it because especially on iPhone to get to the sports interface of the TV app, you've got to like go to the main page <laughs> and scroll down until you get to sports and then tap. And then there's a sports page. It's, it's bizarre. Uh, anyway, like you can also much. tap open in Apple TV in the, in the scores oh. app, the sports app. And it will take you to that game page. And from there, you can either play it if it's on any service that is linked to your uh, TV profile. Oh. So it's not just for Apple TV. It'll, I, I, I jumped to Max to watch an NBA game on TNT, for example. It, it knows where all that stuff is. Or the, if it's got the data source, the button next to it is start live activity. Um, your live activities, if you set your favorite teams, by the way, Live activities for your favorite teams just fire off automatically. Like Ooh, I, nice. I came out to get my cereal uh, one weekend, uh, like last weekend, and uh, the Arsenal score was on my phone in standby mode uh, because it's one of my favorites, and so it just automatically kicked into live activity mode. So it it means that right now Apple's experience is scattershot. I heard somebody say. Um, I expected the experience to be more like stocks where you pick your stocks mm. and then you see the articles. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's got a news interface. Well, if you pick your favorite teams, <laughs> there is a favorite teams news interface in the news app. So right. you've got like the news app has that the TV app has this. And then the scores app, uh, Apple sports has this. And it's all like, I get why it's like that, but it also probably should be more integrated than it is it keeps it simple but and that's why it feels so early days to me it's like they've they've been slowly building the pieces together but i think this part of it was eddie q literally saying we've got all of this great live data and no app that showcases it let's get that into a an actual proper app and so they built this um and i'm i think there are gonna be lots of updates i mean he told me that there will be a March Madness update, right? Where they will add features that will be more tournament appropriate. I think brackets and you know, you know who who you play next and stuff like that. They'll do an update for baseball season where they add a, a proper baseball view. Um, obviously, things like F1, um, I think the challenge there is it's a different way. It's not a, a game. And so there's a different way of displaying data for that that they're going to have to work on. They've committed to you know football in the fall. Um, but they don't have to do it now. They, I mean, again, perfect timing right after the football season when MLS starts means they can take the NFL and college football and be like, later, we'll just, we'll do that yeah. later. <laughs> uh, but like, I think, I think it's a passion project for him, but I think it's also strategic. I think Eddie Q uh, as the head of services at Apple and somebody who's a huge sports fan is really motivated to make Apple do some good stuff in sports. And honestly, I think that when, when we talk about like ABC, ESPN, and uh, Warner Media, the Turner companies, and Fox are all talking about building their own streaming service where they combine their sports uh, things into a thing that most of the industry is calling Spulu, which is short for <laughs> sports Hulu, basically. It's like, up it, words it's another, Spulu makes me laugh so much because that's it, it is it is like, wait a second, you just got out of your joint venture with your competitors and you're starting a new one about sports? But anyway, the, the challenge there is that those are all competitors. Apple, although it does have some sports, could position itself, especially with the power of the iPhone, as the top level. It's like whatever services you've got, it will be the springboard. And you start there and then you jump off to whether it's the ESPN app or or it's Max or it's it's Spulu or whatever it might happen to be. So I think I think Eddie Q is actually the right person to be in charge of services for Apple at this weird moment in sports rights history because he does care about it. So I think there's a bigger picture here. But right now it's just a 
you know, yeah. it's a simple scores app. That's all it is. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's actually what I like about it. I, I like that. I, uh, I feel as though it's like a, it's a weather app for sports where, yeah. and, and there, and there are great sports apps that are for people who are really into sports. Me, I want to know, did the Red Sox play yesterday? If so, what was the score? If it's ongoing, is there a reason for me to turn it on and watch the game? Uh, I want to know what this, so the, just simply the ability to be the central truth of here are the sports leagues and teams that I'm following. If there's something interesting happening with any of these, please action this appropriately, whether it is, let me take a look at this in news. Let me change Let me watch it on my, uh, my Apple TV box or, uh, or whatever. And the, the, the advantage, the advantages of a built-in app that comes, that comes for free is that, uh, how many times has have, have any of us had the problem of we just we find a, an app that's version 1.0 like a third party commercial app it's 1.0 and it's perfect it's elegant it's streamlined it's fast it's responsive but then 8 years later the simple list app is now like a multi corporational project tracking and chat tool with uh, VR and AI components to it because they still have to keep it commercially viable. They have, they have to keep people coming back to subscribe. The idea of a simple app that could mean that could maintain its simplicity over years is also super, uh, super attractive. Yep. There's only one thing that really surprised me and kind of disappointed me was the integration with DraftKings. There is so not only mm. as part of as part of the data you get is it's also what is what's the line on each of these on each of these games on, on each of these teams. People want to know that. And I know. Okay, I, exactly. Me I, too. I, I'm I, with you. I, I, I I do appreciate that. That's part of how people interact with their favorite sports teams now. However. I mean, so, I, I mean, bad, bad timing. Two, I, I, I'll just say, like two weeks earlier, the Wall Street Journal just, uh, had a really great feature article about uh, a psychiatrist who uh, got into sports uh, sports gambling apps, like during the during COVID. And DraftKings, and the, here's what the experience of how DraftKings was exploiting her and cultivating her to keep, you know, I'll give you free money if you keep gambling. And even when, and, and assigning, hey, wow, you're gambling a lot, so we're going to assign you a VIP host to again keep you gambling because the whole business model of this, like like in the main gaming industry, like in the lottery, like in uh, pay-to-play games, is that you're a five percent, like a, a single digit percentage of your audience is giving you 70% of your profits. So you have to keep these people in. So all, all I'm saying is that it's unnecessary. I don't, it's, it's a lot of the same questions of what I was asking, like, why was, why does Apple want to get into commercial consumer card debt at a time when commercial cons- consumer debt by the, uh, according to the federal government is at record high levels and continues to go at record high levels? Why does app, why does, I don't know why it's really this hard. Is they want to they want to get involved, it's and I hard. really it's, wish that they had said that we don't need it. It's like a it's part of growing up, Andy. When you realize that the people you put up there on the pedestal are just normal capitalistic enterprises like every other. Oh no, again, well, multi-trillion I mean, sports, dollar company. I know, but honestly, I wish that sports. This is betting in the U.S. For people who are not in the U.S. and don't know this, betting has just been recently. Sports betting has been been made legal in about twenty states since twenty since twenty eighteen. Not here in 20, California. Thank not goodness. in California. Not yet. Uh, maybe not ever. Who knows? But uh, so it's a it's a there's a gold rush. Um, the truth is though, a huge portion, and I'm not in this subculture either, but a huge portion of people who are interested in sports are interested in yeah, gambling and it, yeah. it is it is something that is part of it and i think 
Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to clarify something you said. You said their partnership with DraftKings or their or the, oh, I'm or, sorry. Or, or something. They display odds on right. games. There's no branding. There's no linking. If you go to the settings app to turn off right. the odds, ironically, to turn them off, you will see that the data source is provided by DraftKings. But that's it. That's the only place that there's DraftKings branding. And you can turn it off. I am a little baffled why they don't either ask at launch or put it in the app, but they decided to make you have to go find it uh, or, or to turn it on. But I kind of understand why they want to tell people who care about odds that they'll show them the odds. That said, if you really care about the odds, would you not want to use your gambling app to do it right. instead of the scoring app? But I, I, it's one of those things that I have to come to accept is that Gambling is a part of sports, and it's not a part I care about, but it is a huge part of sports in the U.S. increasingly, in the U.K. for a very long time now. I've heard a lot from people in countries where gambling is seen as really disgusting and awful, um, and like, I get it. I, I'm I'm kind of on your side about this, but I think you can't turn your back on the fact that it is an enormous portion of the value in sports in the U.S. is money from gambling and I'll, I'll also point out uh because I, I definitely saw a bunch of people who are clutching at pearls this week about this that um when the mlb uh friday night baseball launched on apple tv plus their uh studio show that kicked it all off it was a branded uh sponsored by a casino studio show right out of the gate it was i think mgm sponsoring apple tv baseball so this is not the the you know apple and sports and gambling all kind of go together that said i don't think you're ever gonna like get a direct link to a gambling app or be able to place a bet in apple sports i don't think they'll go that yeah. far i'm not and and by the way and i'm not pillaring them for this i'm just dis i'm just disappointed i do feel as though like they, they've, they've made these kind of decisions on other issues in the past like they've said that again there's uh, they could actually create a much better experience for a lot of their users if they didn't care so much about privacy. Uh, but they've made the choice that uh, privacy is something that's, this is, this is one of our defining things. Uh, I do, I, I'm not a gambler myself. I also appreciate the fact that people have to make their own mistakes and make their own choices that these, these gambling apps, there's illegal for, I think the most States, the legal age is at least 18. Uh, although there are again, a lot, a lot of the coverage about the, these things is that it's there are ways around it. And DraftKings is interested in tracking it, but not terribly interested in tracking it, so to speak. Um, I, I, my feeling is that if people are gambling, they've got a much, much more sophisticated app that they would like to, they would want to use, Anyway, I feel as though Apple had an opportunity to say, let's make this clean. Let's not even uh, let's. And they declined that opportunity. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, I do want I do one, one, one last thing, though. I do want I do want to know if someone is a underage user, is it automatically off by default or if the you know, see, I don't have because no, they don't know your age. Well, they know they know your age as a user, but do they? they? If the Apple ID, if the Apple ID is is to someone that they know to be under under eighteen, I want that off by default. Right. That would be a big problem. Thing is, uh, you're both right that I'm sure uh, serious gambling uh, addictive people have their own app, but maybe they're avoiding that app. Maybe they deleted that app, and there's that little hint. Oh, those odds! Look, I I think I can beat those odds, and when is enough? It's enough. It's a trigger. <laughs> it's like just, I honestly. I, I honestly am so beaten down by the prevalence of gambling stuff in my sports these days that I was just yeah. I was just relieved that you could turn it off. But I, I agree. Yeah. Ideally, they shouldn't be there or they should ask 
or you I should mean, have I'm to go cynic. turn it on. Apple is a is a uh, capitalistic enterprise, and I'm sure they're always doing the calculus, not from a moral point of view, but what can we, you know, what can we, what what should we not have, and what should we have based on, you know, revenue projections. It's not moral on their part. They may want you to think it's moral that they're carefully weighing, you know, whether we should have alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. Or gambling or not. But no, it's a purely economic decision. Come on, guys. These guys are good managers. I think that I think from, a, from a, a sports app would be hard. I mean, I think that it would be seen as prudish to not not have that, not at least have the odds in there, given that, I mean, we've been, that this has been odds. You know, we had Jimmy the Greek one in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we've always odds, had odds. I know. You know, 80s, odds in yeah. a sports have been tied together pretty tightly for a long time. And we've so also I always that, had Budweiser ads, and Apple has so far re- resisted that. What did, so when, Eddie, think, when you met with I, Eddie Q, but, was it to specifically talk about this app, Jason? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. One-on-one with Eddie Q, the day when he just flew back from Vegas from the Super Bowl to talk about, I wow. mean, if anything says this is his baby, oh, it's yeah. that, right? That he did one-on-ones with press when he was presumably pretty tired from the Super Bowl. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's that's that's the case. I don't Good. know. Do they have liquor? I know uh, Amazon doesn't do liquor ads in their um, sports broadcasts. I don't know if Apple does or not, but the gambling stuff is in there. So I would imagine that there probably are beer ads or, or right. something in the in right. the Apple TV games. But I don't know that uh, this goes along, by the way, with the addition of the athletic to uh, Apple News as well. Right. Uh, yeah, they they he mentioned that right that the the they have added athletic content to News Plus, and so that's another part of their kind of like sports agglomeration. I would I would not be surprised. Like I said, I, I do agree with Andy. The simplicity of it is sort of like the weather app uh, is is great. I I would imagine at some point you're going to be able to see uh, headlines of your favorite you know teams in that app. Uh, and the athletic content will be extra good for that, right? Because they've got beat writers for most of the major teams. What's their attitude on on Sherlocking, though, a third-party uh, ecosystem? I mean, Apple could you easily know, do apps in a lot of areas that would Eddie, be fantastic. With it, I mean, first off, we talked we talked here, and they didn't talk about this, but we talked here about why it makes sense strategically for them. But I think from Andy's perspective, his pitch was um, – most scores apps are really bad because they're either trying to get you to bet or they're trying to put gross ads in front of you, or they're trying to, uh, you know, sell you on some other thing that they're doing. Like they don't have, they have an ulterior motive that because it's expensive to do, to get the, the data sources and to push it all out there. And Apple, because they're, it's, it's the traditional thing with Apple, right? It is, they're playing a different game than their competitors so they can come out with something that is simpler and cleaner because all they want to do is show you the scores and put a link to apple tv in there right like i mean that's i think that's the motivation here is so i don't think they're worried about it i don't think that they feel like i mean they didn't really justify buying uh dark sky and putting them out of business to make the weather out better um so i think they're certainly not going to justify it now but if if i you know when i talked to him about it i mean eddie q basically said uh, a lot of people still like Google the name of their team in order to see the score because they're, and I do that because no, a lot that. of those score apps are, you know, they're okay, but they're actually full of junk because they've got to make money right. somehow. And right. Apple is playing, you're right. Apple can make their platform a little nicer and then drive you toward their TV app. And that's a benefit for them. But, you know, try being a third party to do that. And, and I have to admit, I, I'll, 
I don't gamble at all, and I but I love looking at what the odds are. <laughs> like what, what, what are what are <laughs> yeah, people like putting the odds on? Neither do we. But we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't really look at that that way. And and the same thing. I I would love to have something. I at first I was like. I don't know when I'm going to ever use the sports app, but I was like, well, it's not Steeler season. So I don't even call it football season. It's just not Steeler <laughs> yeah. season. So, so if it's Steeler season, then I be, I check it all the time. If I'm not watching the, the, the thing, I'm checking it like every five minutes and refreshing Google to, to do that, to figure out where, where things are. So it'd yeah. be great to have an app that was doing that relatively fast and not junkified with everything else that I don't, I'm not interested in. And I don't think that like, if you look at Apple made a weather app, but I, but I use carrot. So I, you know, I think that yeah. carrots very different than weather, you know, and so, <laughs> uh, if, especially if you turn up the attitude. And so the, um, uh, so you know, I enjoy carrot. And so I don't think that Apple. I think that if you're making something that's utilitarian and it isn't, and it's got a lot of junk in it or it's got a lot of other things, you're going to have a hard time competing. But if you're making something that's really original, that's it can be doing the same thing that Apple's doing, and you're you'll still be yeah. you'll still be able to succeed. Yeah, you're, you're reminding me of one feature that uh, that I was kind of surprised that uh, that the sports app doesn't have, which is like. Uh, I, I am a local sports. I'm not into, like a lot of people in New England, I'm not into sports. I'm into the Red Sox. I'm into the Celtics. I'm into the Bruins. I'm into the Patriots. I'm into the Beanpot tournament, tournament, those kind of things. I'm surprised you can't just simply like allow access to location and simply say, give me sports from 02134. And so basically it auto populates like uh, like uh, the the the, the uh, uh, New England New England college hockey leagues, uh, minor league sports, things I might not necessarily know about or might not be immediately on my radar, but I would be interested in just any baseball that's happening at any sort of professional level. Uh, give me the Cape Cod League. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a long time since before the summer Cape Cod baseball league is is going to be part of a Apple Sports or on their radar. But I'm kind of surprised you can't simply say just auto-fill Boston, and let's go from there. Uh, by the way, excellent article on uh, sixcolors.com. Thank you, Jason. Simple complexity, he writes. Apple's trio of sports yes. apps. So if you want to make sense of all of this, uh, this article. Right, because there is a way, it. if you're like, wait a second, it doesn't do live activities. The answer is it doesn't because that's in the TV app. I know. I know. <laughs> Boy, and when it doesn't have news stories, it's because it's in the news app. And they all sync. Your favorite teams sync across all of those apps. You just have to you go to different apps. I know. I mean, I'm just, I'm not making the news. I'm just reporting it. <laughs> and making sense of it, which is good. Trying. Trying to make sense. Thank you, Jason, for doing that. Uh, let's see. We're going to get to the picks in just a sec. So I want to make sure. We get everything in here. Apple Care Support Advisors are testing a new chat GPT-like tool they call Ask. Ask. It's internal though, right? You don't get to you don't get to right. see Ask. That makes sense though. If you can put all of the manuals, all of the information in that notebook that they have to page through in a simple query interface, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and, and it's a good way to quietly in-house test uh uh, AI models that you're hoping to put into the operating system at some later date or put into extra services. Um, it sounds like it's not just doing like a chat GPT sort of ask a question, give an answer. It's saying here is the here is all the data that is in this radar or who th that's uh, that's in this uh, support request, and here is a sample response that the human can then basically okay or edit or disregard. So yeah, it could. It sounds like it's more ambitious than certainly just here's a way to streamline our customer service. Although if all of does is makes it easier for people to get access to really good really good quality information vetted by an actual human being at apple that would be a big win for everybody i like the wired uh dot com writer 
Lauren Good, who said <laughs> she wanted to test crying in the Vision Pro. We should have put this in our Vision Pro segment. She watched a steady diet of sad movies but <laughs> just to see what it was like to cry in the Vision Pro. Have, have either of you guys cried in your Vision Pro yet? I'm a big yeah. Cr- oh man, what was it? There was some movie that I I'm watched. A, that a, I, got a, a, I, I was like, well up. And and Stephen Hackett and David Sparks on their Mac Power Users podcast, they did an episode that I think was called "Tears Fell on My Vision Pro" or something. <laughs> Tears on my light seal, something like that. And it was the same thing. It was, uh, you know, it's a little cushion. It, it it'll dry out. It's okay. You can cry. It's all right to cry. It's okay. Crying gets the sad out of you. Get the sad out. As Rosie Greer taught Get me the that. Sad out. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be you and me for those who are not children of the, the non Gen Xers in the group. You can look it up. Marla Thomas, free to be you and me. Great tough football player Rosie Greer saying it's all right to cry. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a the good news is you're not going to short it out because it goes into the light seal and. According to Reuters, Apple's going to get a uh, a new messaging and communications team member, former deputy press secretary uh, for President Biden. Apple's hiring Olivia Allaire Dalton. She's deputy assistant to the president. White House principal deputy press secretary will take on a senior communications role at Apple. She's been with Biden for 20 years. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting. So I wonder why she's leaving now, particularly in an election year. Well, that's exactly when you want to get out, actually. That's my, yeah, <laughs> I think that's exactly. exactly. You, you just job. nailed it, Andy. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, well, I'm, uh, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, if the offer was on the table, it might not be in a year <laughs> if, she, if she suddenly needs a job. Shareholders uh, meeting is tomorrow. There are some proposals Apple has absolutely no interest in. <laughs> Uh, so cool. you can pre- pretty much be sure that they will not go anywhere. Um, also, uh, let's see what else in the shareholders well, well, news. They want yeah. they want Apple to uh, reveal their use of AI. This is from the Financial Times. Yeah, they want to uh, disclose their use of AI, and do they have any ethical guidelines in place, similar to like Google's AI pr- published AI principles? Yeah. This is coming from the Norway Wealth Fund, the Norges Bank Investment Management and Legal in General, Apple's eighth and tenth largest shareholders, respectively. That's pretty big, pretty big guns there. They asked the company to disclose any ethical guidelines the company has adopted regarding its use of AI technology. So not the source or what they're doing with AI, but what ethical guidelines. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. Yeah, and, and Apple's already basically told the SEC, hey, we don't want to have to do this because it'll disclose like secret information. The FCC, SEC said, yeah, try again. Uh, so they're just, Apple's just saying, yeah, please, shareholders, don't vote for this. Shareholders will get to we vote. We love you. Look at, look at how much money we're making for right. you. We're right. all happy. Um, proposal was submitted by the AFL of CIO. AFL-CIO. AFL-CIO. I always like to put the of in. It makes me sound old. Um, Apple has launched a new open source programming language. This happened earlier this month. We didn't talk about Pickle. I'm pretty sure you yeah. pronounced that Pickle. Yeah, it, sta- uh, <laughs> it stands for uh, Python, Kotlin, and Lisp. Uh, I thought I thought I put this thing because I thought it was interesting. So it is a lang a programming language for configuration. Uh, like configuration and settings files. So essentially, if you're deploying, if you're if you're basically uh, it's it's code that you can create that uh, you can then 
uh, include in your actual project library and have again have it have uh, have it generate Python code that generates these configuration files or profiles uh, or settings files or generates it as Lisp. I, how was the last time you heard Lisp uh, mentioned as something that's supported uh, or or Kotlin? Uh, it's open source. It was created by Apple. If you go to the website, it looks like a beautiful Apple designed website. Although you have to really scroll down to see that. It, yes, this is an Apple project. Uh, the the logo. If they were, if they have hats, I want one of the hats. It is a green gear with a pickle slice as the circle inside it. Uh, I I would pay thirty or forty dollars for such a hat. Were it available uh, at One Infinite Loop. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting. It, mu- it must have been a, a solution to a problem that they were working on a lot internally. Uh, and the idea that, hey, let's open source this and try to turn this into a thing, uh, particularly something as polished as this, seems really interesting. I, I've, I've, I have, but obviously I admit that all I've been reading are like medium posts from developers who've been trying to use it. It's kind of funny. Kind of like it. Yeah. Plists and JSON and all of these files, XML, were all formats were kind of designed so you could write them. Like they were, <laughs> but they got so complicated. Now you have to have code to write the code. Jason Snell, Andy Anako, Alex Lindsay. <laughs> It's all right to cry. Get that sad right out of your head. Our show today brought to you by Cashfly. Man, if you are trying to stream video to a million concurrent users, you probably are shedding a tear or two. You need Cashfly. For over 20 years, Cashfly has held the track record for high-performing, ultra-reliable content delivery, serving over 5,000 companies, over 80 countries. And we know, we know how good Cashfly is because for... The last decade or more, we've been using Cashfly right here at Twit.tv. They're our content delivery network, our CDN. We love their lag-free video loading, their hyper-fast downloads, the friction-free site interactions. Cashfly is the only CDN really built for throughput with ultra-low latency video streaming that, yes, can deliver video to over a million concurrent users with latency under a second. You get lightning-fast gaming, downloads faster, Zero lag, glitches, or outages. If you've got a website, you'll love mobile content optimization, offering automatic and simple image optimization. Actually, not just for websites, for apps too, but it means it'll load faster on any device on any size screen. Flexible month-to-month billing for as long as you need. Discounts for fixed terms when you're ready. You design your contract when you switch to Cashfly. We did. We're really glad we did too. Cashfly delivers rich media content up to 158% faster than other major CDNs and allows you to shield your content in their cloud, ensuring a 100% cash hit ratio. And with Cashfly's elite managed packages, you get the VIP treatment. I know we do. Your dedicated account manager is with you from day one, ensuring a smooth implementation and a reliable 24-7 support that's there when you need it. Learn how you can get your first month free. Cashfly.com slash twit. You've heard me say it for years. Bandwidth for MacBreak Weekly is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com slash twit. Thank you, Cashfly. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You've made twit possible over all these years. Time for our picks of the week. Jason Snell, why don't you kick it off? All right. Uh, this is a simple app. Uh, there have been, over the history of the iPhone, a whole lot of different scanning apps. But the fact is, a lot of them are kind of long in the tooth, or they've gotten full of like Baroque features that are for people who are scanning documents all the time. And a lot of us scan a handful of documents every month or every year. Greg Pierce, the guy who wrote the great app drafts of oh, Agile, Agile Tortoise, Tortoise software. Yes. 
has a new app just came out. It's called Simple Scan. It is free. You can try it uh, for, I think, five scans. And then you can either spend $5 a year or just pay 20 bucks and get it forever. Um, and it is simple. Like, it, it, you do a scan and it says, do you want the scan to be a message? Do you want it to be a share? Do you want it to save it to a file? Like, And then it does all of the edge detection. I love that Apple has document scanning built into the OS now, but it's built into notes. And then getting those scans out of notes is a real pain. So what I really want is something that just very quickly will scan documents, put them in a PDF. Uh, It optionally, I think it's turned on by default, will index, will OCR basically index the document so it's searchable and save it where, in my case, save it to files to a shared folder uh, so that uh, other people can look at my receipts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think you need something like this in your life. Something this simple might be a better solution than some of the more complicated things that are out there. But I find He's myself, great. once He's you a have once you a have a document scanner yeah. uh, app on your phone, and in a pinch, you can absolutely use notes, but, like, it's so useful because then you're in that moment where you're like, do I need to do I need to take this somewhere uh, and get a photocopy and like no 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 I won't or maybe you take a picture of it and the good thing about the scanning software is it detects that it's a document it knows that it's probably black and white it detects the edges of the paper it de-distorts it and you end up with a pdf that actually looks pretty good like an actual scanner scanned it instead of your dumb hands holding an iphone at a weird angle so uh check it out if this sounds like uh you're either you have never really thought about doing something like this or you're using an older let's say scanning app that maybe is not working reliably anymore that was the case with mine that i was using before and so i'm excited that greg uh, put this together pretty quickly because getting it, getting things into notes, you know, it's nice that notes is on every iPhone, but boy, I struggle. Apple really just wants you to scan things into notes and leave them there. And I almost never want to scan them into notes and leave them there. So, <laughs> so you get five scans for a free, it looks like for free. And then yeah. to get the professional version is five bucks a year. That's nothing. Or, yeah, or 20. If just you just want to go all in, give them all the money. And then they'll never ask again. And GoPro. Yeah, I think that's a and good And this idea. is a real, like, well-known developer with a oh, very yeah. well-respected long-time app, Drafts. I've been which subscribing to Drafts since it came out. I use it every, all the time, yeah. And and I'm, I'm in the process of getting it. There are a lot of different ones, so pay attention to what you're buying. Yeah, you want the ones from it. There, there are a bunch that are called Simple Scan with a bunch of, of things, but... Um, it's Simple Scan, Quick it. Scanner, and Agile Tortoise is the developer. Right. right, right. And actually, if you watch this or listen to this episode in the next week or so, maxstories.net just did a story about it and you can get the link direct from there, for example. there, you know. But yeah, don't, buy, don't get the wrong one. So I'm going to scan. Let me just try something. Does it do OCR too? So I'm scanning at a ridiculous angle. I just scanned at a ridiculous angle. And let's see here. Oh, and now I can email it off to everybody I know. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> and it fixed the uh, angle and uh, and everything. Well, that's great. Yeah. And in fact, it scanned it right simple. to email. That's nice. Yeah. A lot of these apps just got started to get weird where they wanted to add bells and whistles in order to keep you in the app. And I think Greg's reaction was, can could someone just make an app that, that keeps it simple? And he said, well, I guess that's me. So yeah. good. <laughs> good job. Nice job. Make Keep it simple. Uh, Mr. Andy Nako, pick of the week. Uh, I'm going to uh, reiterate and hopefully amplify uh, Alex's pick of the week from like a, a couple months ago. Uh, the Great American Solar Eclipse is happening on April 8th. And this is the reason why I picked this today was that I think the window is closing on your being able to buy like 
proper solar eclipse viewing glasses and getting them like in time uh, for uh, for for the big show. Uh, I uh, when Alex recommended these like uh, about a month or two ago. <laughs> I I literally like ordered them like before the show was over because I knew that I was the sort of person who would forget until like late March and then I'd kind of be hosed. Can you see anything, uh, Andy, at all? Anything? <laughs> I can uh, I can see pretty much reflections into my own black dark soul, uh, but that's about it. But that's what uh, you which, want. Which if makes, you could see anything, you'd be worried. Which makes me confident that like that these are these are proper glasses. Um, but uh, and, but so uh, but another reason for recommending or mentioning this today is that like as we get closer to the event, the only ones that are going to be left are ones by like scammers that yes. who are selling you basically last very time. dark. Exactly. So, so, and they're, they're not safe at all. Uh, so uh, go to I'm, I'm recommending there, if you go to uh, the uh, Planetary Society's website, planetary.org, they've got a whole piece on uh, here's how to check. Here's what kind of glasses to get. Here are sources that have legit glasses. Here's things you absolutely should not use. Like saying don't use ordinary sunglasses or multiple pairs of sunglasses stacked. Neutral density polarizing filters, smoke glass, photographic or X-ray film, uh, emergency blankets, potato chip bags, DVDs. Uh, what you're looking for is something that is ISO chip one bags. Two, Please. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> ISO one two three one two dash two compliant. Although again, they're saying that the scammers will just take that logo and just slap it on, uh, right. slap it on the box. No problem. Right. You can also get now. This is this is why. Like, if there's only reason, I'm glad that I have the glasses. They're really, again, they're they're really cool, but they're more like 1980s like comedy like like. The, what the what the nerd buys to at the, at the 1980s comedies because he thinks it'll make him look cool. Uh, what I was hoping for another 80s sort of thing, the sort of like mad scientist crackpot inventor glasses that Thomas Dolby might have worn in uh, She Blinded Me with Science, the music video. Uh, those are so you can get welding glasses with number 14 IR filters, and on Amazon you can get them for anywhere from 30 to 40 dollars or 50 dollars. Uh, I might actually buy another pair of those before because the, it seems like something I would like to have like on the shelf for when I just want the rest of the neighborhood to think I'm very odd and leave me alone for the rest of the day. I definitely want these. These are amazing. Wow. And you can get them with the right filter for watching. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And you can, and you know, you can, they're, they're useful too beyond the eclipse because they're replaceable filters. So you can buy like the number 14s for the eclipse, but then also like buy lighter ones for, for the beach, really like clear, transparent ones for weddings. Wear them everywhere. You'll get, you'll get a lot of use. These are the books. ultimate steampunk uh, glasses. You've seen them, fake ones, uh, but now you could have the real deal. Just, just don't wear them as the band on a top hat because I really think that's played out. They, they, they're good enough. They're, they're, a, they're a bold enough fashion statement on their own. They can exist on their own. But, but again, make it whatever you do. Like get your, you can even get the, the cheap paper ones that are like less than ten bucks. But you should probably place your order this week. You should probably make sure you place your order from a very legitimate, reputable place because if you forget about it now, by the time you remember it, yes, uh, you're again this this planetary society. Uh, article uh, explain gives you some tests you can do on glasses that have been sold to you to make sure that they're actually going to keep your eyes safe but i think that window is starting to close really rapidly are you in the uh, line of totality no but uh, apparently we're going to get 90 percent around here so that's good you that, know what? that's reason enough was, for me to stare at the sun i was thinking of visiting yeah. mom uh in uh, april that might be the week to go 
You know, uh, the the Cleveland Indians opening day is during the eclipse and they're in the path of totality. <gasps> so they're going to take an eclipse break. It's going to be awesome. Oh, you know what? <laughs> that would even be better. Oh, that Sorry, would be Cleveland so Guardians. much fun. They're the Guardians now. Anyway, Cleveland is in the path of totality as are Dallas. A bunch of big cities are I'm in the path of totality. So it's going to be awesome. You're going to Texas? Yeah. Bunch of us are, a bunch of us in office hours are, are descending on Texas, and uh, uh, we're still figuring out exactly where we want to go because we're trying to get internet so that we can stream it. Um, but ah uh, uh, yes, um, but we're uh, but the uh, yeah, it's four minutes, four and a half minutes, or something like that. Yeah. If you're in the totality, and, te- yeah. and the reason we're going to Texas specifically is because it has the highest percentage chance of not having clouds, of not so, having bad weather. Yeah, because that's a yeah, really so, really uh, messed up kind of everything's mixed up that time of year. But Texas has yeah. a lot of parts. I'll be mm-hmm. in Texas too, so. Oh, we'll, the Guardians you know. moved yeah, we'll, their yeah, game. State. See where we're at. Yeah, but we have also we have um, uh, Graham Jones and Ann Buckle from uh, Time and Date. They cover these eclipses every every eclipse somewhere in the world, and they're going to be on office hours on Thursday. Nice. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Andy was going to talk about so that. They, but so the Guardians moved their game to just after the eclipse. So yeah. you can go to the stadium, watch oh, the eclipse, so, and then the game. Oh, you go in early, yeah, because the game idea. won't begin until five ten, but the eclipse uh, totality ends. Uh, at uh, at four twenty three seventeen, but so the uh, the yeah, gates open at two p.m. So you can come oh. early, watch Damn. the eclipse. I wonder if they're going to. You know, they should awesome. give. Them, they can't. They can't give you. I was going to say they should give you sunglasses on the way in. Like that's the thing you get. Yeah, with, like, they make paper and everything else. Yeah. You can well, go to Bill. Like, get Bill Nye's paper sunglasses. Somebody's going to sue somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, Alex, are you, are you worried about being? Being in a really, really, like, religious state like Texas at a time when God takes the sun away, I I worry that some people (laughs) overreact to that phenomenon. That's why he's going. I I saw the last total eclipse in Idaho, and I survived it, so I think it's okay. I think he's going. He's he's going for the rapture. You want to be there, don't you? I want to be there right at the ground zero. No, I I saw it in Bend, Oregon. We were covering it for National Geographic. and um, fun. And it is, if you haven't, if you're about somewhere it, near spooky. this, yeah. it is, there's a hole in the sky. It, it is a hole and it's, and, and, and it's, it's night and, it, and it's night. So the, the, the other thing I'll say, so I took, so I dragged weird. my kids to Idaho and they, they're like, whatever, dad, it's one of my dad's things yeah. like baseball and space <laughs> things and whatever. And then the total eclipse happens. My daughter turns to me and, and, and she is crying and she says, yeah. I didn't know it would be like this because yeah. if you if you've been dragged outside by a friend like look at the shadows of the leaves of the trees oh, and it looks cool. like a little yeah. a little crescent moon that's all cool totality is in enti- it's like a different thing you shouldn't yeah. even call it the same thing because literally it's suddenly nighttime the birds stop yeah. chirping the animals like, and, okay, and the solar corona bed. comes out and it's and yeah. it's this thing that's invisible otherwise and it's this giant fuzz all around the sun and the stars come out it is amazing yeah. so yeah. see it if you can i was and, i was i can tell you that uh, the one time that i was uh, i was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time for a totality was I, I could probably find out what the date was but i it was in the 70s i was a little kid Definitely in the single digits in age, and I still remember. That's one of the yeah. few things from like my kindergarten, pre-K, or whatever days that I remember with absolute clarity. I can describe everything yeah. from where I was, and because when, that was like something, <laughs> something bigger than Phil. <laughs> oh man! Like I, COVID is the only reason I didn't go to South America for the. I don't travel very much anymore, but South America, I, I had planned to go down. Um, we're going to this one. I'm already planning Greenland. Greenland's the next one. It's a couple of years from now, 
And, um, and it doesn't come back to the United States until 2044, I think. So it's, you know, it's not going to, you know, it's, so it's quite a while before we see it again. I'll so it, 80, it, if you're 80. anywhere near it and, and <laughs> plan ahead because um, it will, it will be busy. Like you need to be like, don't think you're just going to go show up somewhere an hour before to see it. If you're on, in the line of totality, um, you know, there, we were talking to a little town in Texas because we're trying to figure out where to put our gear and they're like, yeah, we expect it. We're a town of uh, 1,800. We expect 50,000 people to be in the yeah. area. Yeah. You know, it's going to be. Yeah. Chaos. I think traffic is the biggest problem because what I and found uh, being out in the faster. middle and yeah, all those things. But what I found is like space, like there's a lot of space on the ground and the path of totality yeah. in, t- in terms of like yeah, square footage is enormous. So yeah. you'll find some place to stand. The problem right. is where do you park? And and then when it's over, how do you get out? And like, can you find a place to stay in a hotel that's nearby? Those are all the problems. And, and for me, for me, has. it's like camper, get there the day before, well, yeah. barbecue afterwards. That's the way we were in a lot of traffic in Idaho after the yeah. eclipse. It was quite a quite it's a thing. Been the whole afternoon just cooking barbecue or yeah, something. That's a good like, idea. I like not that even idea. bother to think about trying to leave. Yeah. I, I I will be disappointed with you, Alex. If you don't like take while you while you're waiting, take a look around, find somebody who might be clutching a religious object or beads, and say, "Wow, that's a nice like twenty twenty three Ford F F eight hundred or whatever." I'll give you five hundred dollars cash for it right now. <laughs> oh, you're cold. That's and they'll mean. think that well, I'm going to be raptured in eight minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the fool doesn't know that the devil's coming to claim him in ten minutes. <laughs> And then drive off. You'll have to you'll have to miss the eclipse, but you'll get like an eighty thousand dollar truck for yeah, and a good story to tell people at when to people who are very upset. Are you going, John? Slanina? Are you going to know? Oh, you went last time. Last two in the United. Last States. two. Yeah, we were on a, a geek cruise for the uh, eclipse uh, in two thousand. What is twelve or thirteen? Whatever that was. About Australia? Yeah, we went to Australia. Somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, missed, I missed that one. I should have done that one. Cans. Yeah, that was... yeah, it was a geek cruise. Cans. It was fun. Yeah. Cans. Well, it wasn't that much fun. I've told the story before, but uh, uh, famed astronomer Lawrence Krauss was on board with us, and he was a little miffed because uh, just as the totality began, the captain got afraid, not of spooks and spirits, <laughs> but that the clouds would cover it, so he fired up the engines and sailed away and didn't really get his... Ah. Anywhere near the eclipse ever again. So, uh, April 9th episode of Mac Break Weekly, by the way. Who will be here? Alex and I, I think, will not. <laughs> oh, so, oh, coming you in better remote. start planning. I'll be coming in remote. I, I'm, I'm working so, out a place to. I, I join think I'll be on a plane. Then, Austin. So, no, no, Jason, can I, can I ask you? Because okay, I, I'm I'm glad to hear you say because you'll be on a plane. You might, you, but there's still like a little chance you might be raptured. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, right, right. I may be the finite. There might be an empty T-shirt like draped on the chair when we cut to you on Zoom. <laughs> but I will probably be on a plane that day, flying home. Dallas. Flying home. For, oh, you're going down in Dallas. Great. Yeah. Wow. How exciting. Are you, uh, so, wow. But you're not meeting up my, with Alex. My sister-in-law's family is in ta- is in Texas. Oh, so perfect. we're going to actually all, my my wife's family and I are going to, we're all going to meet there in, and uh, hang out. And then also there will be an eclipse. So it was a good excuse to get the family together at a place. It's like find family <laughs> in the path of totality and visit them. 
Well, you know, we, we should get together every time God swallows the giant day ball. <laughs> well, Andy, as you know, uh, this the, oh, this just in. I'm, I'm getting a report now. As we as we know, since he first saw the sun, man has dreamed of destroying it, and and, and so now the the moon will do the next best thing. Be a good time to go to Mazatlan. You're going to get uh, get a nice uh, four minutes and fifteen seconds of. Uh, Tempting. tempting. That, it yeah. is tempting. Yeah, it's right. very tempting. Uh, Mr. Um, and Mr. Alex Lindsay is next with, uh, okay. I think, your very first handmade artisanal organic yeah, exactly. pick of the week. Yeah, I, so uh, such a great marketing thing that, you know, so I didn't know anything about this. This is that I, 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 my whole family's gotten hooked on these. These are called jam bars and um, they're out of Marin. They're out of this county. Oh, and, local um, people. But uh-huh. how we got hooked into them was, was so funny. So I went to the Toe to Wet Sprocket concert in the fall. So this is, and they handed these out. They gave <laughs> right. these if you were there. Alex and, and I were got, both there. I've got that poster too, yeah. Yeah, so they give you this poster as you leave, which I thought was awesome. Um, but they also gave you, gave did they give jam bars away as you left? Yeah, we got some jam bars. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> This is a really good bar. You didn't like it. You didn't like I, it. Was actually, it I did. I thought it was pretty good, but yeah. I didn't buy any more of them. So the I, guess thing I, is, I don't know where conversion. to buy them. I don't know where to buy them other than Amazon. So I bought a box of them. I was like, oh, this is really good. And I really like energy bars because I keep them when I do work. I always have three or four energy bars in case you know meals get broken up or whatever. So I, I'm always like, it's cliff bars or power bars or this bar or that bar. And so I'm always researching them for the team and for myself. So I got them. I was like, these are really good. These are really good jam bars. What and then my flavors do you them. recommend? I was thinking maybe um, I should. So there's a lot of drama about that in my family. Uh, so the, <laughs> the, the, the um, uh, we have a lot of discussions. I usually, you're only going to see this Jazzberry one because my daughter will take all of them as soon as she knows that there's a box here. Um, <laughs> so the Jazzberry and the, and the mangoes, the women like. And then there is malt, malt and chocolate, chocolate cha-cha and malt nut medley, med, melody. Medley. The boys like the the, the, the boys like the malt. Oh, and melody, because it's music, baby. Uh, so, so what they do is they give half of their net profits to music programs in Marin. So, nice. so they're you actually they actually You're supporting so it's, your it's a GM bar. So supporting like local music. It's like music in high schools and stuff like that. And so, um, so it's kind of cool that they're, they're they're giving money away, and you can get them on Amazon because again, I I've never seen them in a store in Marin. I'm sure they're around somewhere, but I haven't seen them. Um, but uh, but you can order them on Amazon by the box. I just I would recommend buy the if you if you decide to buy this, just buy the 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 one that is like twelve. I'm buying the forty eight bar mixed case. Whoa! With there you go one twelve count crazy. box for each flavor, so that we can okay. have them for the entire team. So, and so then you guys can let us know in a week or yeah, two. Yeah, I look uh, I look forward to seeing those at the snack bowl the next time I visit. <laughs> next time you visit, now you really want to come visit, don't you? Yeah, but they're uh, they're good. They, they're good. Co- I like I like companies that are giving back something to. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. some, some amount back to the, the the community and and they're good. And I wouldn't recommend them if they weren't if they didn't actually taste good. And this is so I buy them by the box. The family absorbs them when they go on little trips and uh, and then um, I buy another box. So well, next anyway, time you're you in the studio, you'll have uh, your choice unless Ooh. unless John snarfs up all the chocolate cha cha. Uh, <laughs> They're all good. Some are better than others. Malt malt nut melody sounds really, really good. I like it. That's which one's your favorite? 
Music. My favorite Mango. is somewhere between chocolate and malt nut, but, but I like yeah. it. I don't, the, the jazzberry, which is the one I actually got that I thought was good enough to go buy them, uh, is probably my least favorite. I like them all. Yeah. Uh, the, the mango one is really good as well. Yeah, they so, look good. Um, well, we're going to have all four here at the uh, studio uh, as soon as the uh, mailman can deliver it. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Alex Lindsay. <laughs> Officehours.global, the place to go to see what's going on in the world. It's every morning. The Secret Life of Splines this morning. I know you want to know more about that. Yeah, there's a there's a picture for you. Yep. Um. Yeah. The uh. Yeah. We were talking about how you know. I. It's a splines are a very basic skill that most people don't know anymore. It's kind of like it's a lost it's art among most yeah. of us that do it. Yeah. But it's really important and still makes a difference. And so we decided to spend talk talk about splines tomorrow. We're talking about field recording. So like taking oh, sound devices and stuff in. We as I said, we had um. We're talking about eclipses on Thursday and uh, on Friday, um, Nathan Schlegel, who designs stages and all for big events and concerts and everything else is going to come on and talk about how he does that. So, you know, good stuff. Normal week. Join it for free. Office hours. That global Andy is going to be Thursday. He's going to be on WGBH. Are you going to the library for that, Andy? Uh, nope, I'm from the home studio uh, on Thursdays. Hopefully, next time we'll be in the library. They they actually they actually did a redecorate. Now they've got like I'm, I'd love to show it to Alex. Alex, now they have these LCD screen, the more display screens as part of the set. Whereas before it used to be like a little temporary. So yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds cool. Go to wgbhnews.org to stream it live or later as usual. Mister yeah, Snell, uh, sixcolors.com. Thank you so much. Catch of all course. his podcasts at the sixcolors.com slash podcast. Only five this week. He's he's taking it Only easy. Only five. Light week. Take light it week. easy. Taking it easy. We do Mac Break Weekly every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1900 UTC. Everybody can watch it. We we stream it live on YouTube now at youtube.com slash twit during the broadcast. Uh, so you can watch live there. Of course, if you're in our club, you can watch it before and after the show. Uh, the streams are much more, uh, they go on and on and on. Uh, and of course, by being in the club, not only do you get that, you get access to the Club Twit Discord, which is where the streams live, all the great conversation. You get uh, ad-free versions of all the shows, tracker-free versions as well. I was talking in the uh, Twit forums at twit.community about that. Um, we just turned down a big ad agency that said you have to add another tracker they call them pixels, but really it's a it's a redirect in the uh, feed so that we can, you know, see who's downloading it. Uh, we said no, which means we lost a number of advertisers uh, because and this is our we you know, our policy is we don't want to overload you with trackers. There's a little ad tracking in our ad supported feeds. We have to give them some, but then, you know, you give give an inch and they take a mile and uh, agencies want more and more. And this is really what's happening. In the world of podcasting, we're trying to hold the line. We, for several reasons, not merely because we don't want to do it, because we know you don't want us to do it. And uh, we feel like this would be kind of a betrayal of our audience. So that means we rely on you more than ever before for the support that keeps the shows on the air. We made it inexpensive, and I think we made it, you know, some extra benefits that make it worthwhile. But really do it because you like Twit and you listen to Twit and you want to support our content. All the shows are ad-free. You get bonus content. You, you get video of shows that we only produce in audio like iOS today. You also get, uh, of course, uh, the Discord and our, and our endless thank you. We appreciate our club members more than you know. 
If you're not yet a member, twit.tv slash club twit. Did I mention it's only seven bucks a month? It's not much. And we're going to keep that price low. $84 a year. There's family plans and corporate plans. Twit.tv slash club twit. Thank you in advance. Studies show twit club members are happier than others, says Dr. Dew. And he's a doctor, so you should listen to him. Uh, after the fact, though, we do make ad-free and ad-supported versions of the show available. The former for the club members, the latter for everyone else at twit.tv slash mbw for Mac Break Weekly. There's also a YouTube channel dedicated to Mac Break Weekly. You can get the video there. Uh, and, of course, the best way to get it, subscribe. And that way you'll get it the minute it's available. Just choose your favorite podcast player and search for Mac Break Weekly. Thank you, gentlemen. Alex Lindsay, Andy Anako, Jason Snell. Thank you, club members. Thank you to all you who watch and merely watch and listen. We will see you next time. But now I have to tell you, sad to say, it's time to get back to work. Because break time is over. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.